0: Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Do you feel alone? Do you feel neglected? Not too well with the ladies? Well, I've got the solution for you. Low self esteem, throw a beer. Are you following your dreams? Throw a beer. Are you lucky and sad? Throw a beer. You want to look at it glad? Grow a glass? Throw a beer. Are you working out? Throw a beer. Did your car break down? Throw a beer. Ice cap's melting? Throw a beer. Are you stuck in the middle of nowhere? We need to make an important phone call, but the battery's dead? You can't find an outlet? Plug in your charger? Cheer up. be sure yeah.
1: it so much why don't you just marry it Ugh. do you take this beard to be your lawfully wedded beard for beard or for worse it's crickiness and a beard to shave do you part i beard Well, it is, uh, you asked earlier, mm. uh, it looks as though this is episode 55 yep. of Beard Talk Live. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. It is. <laughs> 603-283-6160, before we say anything else, mm. so that I don't forget to say that. Um, we got a lot to talk about. And there's, let's just do this right away. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this?
2: It's major pain. Major.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I have to say major fucking pain because I can now. We're on mm. Beard Talk Live, and it's uncensored, unlike, you know, when I'm on the radio, uh, we are on the radio, any of us on Free Talk Live. It's not, it's not quite free, mm. right? We, we'll get kicked off radio shows if – if you hear the words, those magic words that we can't fucking say. So I want to say I'm here because we can. We can. And it's important to say them. When you are restricted from saying a thing, it's very, very important that you go ahead and start saying that fucking thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Shit, piss, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits.
1: Oh, man. You missed one.
2: And tits is such a friendly word. There's cheese, tits, corn, tits, tater tits. Who so, doesn't love tits?
1: Sounds like a snack. <laughs> Or it's like your buddy, hey, did you hear what happened to tits? (laughs) Yeah, he's in the joint now. (laughs) Now, teats you can do. Yeah, yeah. But you better not be actually
3: referring to tits when you talk about teats.
1: Like, it's all dumb because, like, no one can show me any evidence that words, like, other than, like, butthurt, right? Like, you said something mean, (laughs) right? Like, Mm. I get how, like, somebody can say something mean and it might hurt you. I get that, right? But, like,. Words have never caused you any physical harm, right, or anybody else, right? There's not a child on planet Earth that ever heard the word fuck, and that was the turning point in their life. They were otherwise going to be a perfect angel, but no, they heard the word fuck at some point in their life, and now they're an evil, heinous criminal who should die in rotten hell. No, that's not how life works.
4: All
2: you got to do is rattle somebody's cage hard enough, and you got a fucking assault charge on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I felt like he was about to become violent. Is is like yeah, dude. If I you don't teach threatened. kids cuss words, they will
3: make their own. Like it's literally part of our biology. What the heck do
1: you mean, Peakless? Right, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Uh, my favorite is the uh, the Battlestar Galactica isms. Right, frack. Yeah, that's their substitute. Okay, that kinda works, right? I like that one. It's not the same word clearly, but yet you could use it any fracking where you Mm wanted to. Right? So I get that. I've used that on the Free Talk Live a number of times, but
2: I've always used fork.
1: Yeah. Who the fork do you think you are? Mm. The fork's going on. Mother Forker.
2: Mortar forker, yes. Hand me that fork fork and knife. Yeah. Uh,
1: Did you call about something else, Major, or were you just calling to say hello?
2: talking about the, uh, the World Wide Web earlier, which I always we were. used to call the
1: inner tube. <laughs> it's a but, series uh, of inner tubes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the day, they used to fill an inner tube with, like, a powdered sulfur. So when it exploded, you got this burst of poisonous gas that would come into your face. And that's what the fucking inner tube's full of. Hmm. Poisonous gas. Huh. So it kind of fits. But anyway, one of you guys brought up Apple, Mm -hmm. and that sparked a thought in my head that I'd heard on just a news blip about real quick, maybe two, three weeks ago.
1: So, like an Apple fell on your head?
2: No, the Chinese government has banned all their workers and employees from using Apple products.
1: (laughs) Because they make them?
2: About 18% (laughs) of Apple's market share is... Fucking China!
3: Well, they are the world's not, second largest not, economy. Not
2: only that, they manufacture most of this shit there.
1: That okay? Yup. So why but, would they? But
2: China, China must have smelled something funny on these damn Apple products. Where they, if they don't want their own people using them,
3: not necessarily.
1: Well, so why do you think they banned them, Major? What do you think?
2: I don't know. I, mm. I mean, this this whole inner tube realm is beyond my logical thought process like i said i was taught to do real math not new math
3: well i mean if i could wave a magic wand and automatically compete with uh microsoft or with google i would and they have a magic wand called the state and people have this magical thought that the rules don't apply to the state because it's for the good of the people and therefore, they are making an enormous amount of money off of the fact that they call this product Apple when it's not Apple. So now, they've just decided, yeah, we're going to take that completely.
2: Well, I'm wondering if they hmm. discovered that uh, their people can do something with Apple products that they don't want them to be able to do, or if there's a back door. Where somebody can actually do a workaround and spy on the fucking Chinese for a change.
3: Well, that that would be uh, a reason if uh, if it turns out that Macintosh specifically said, nope, I mean, you you are not allowed any kind of uh, backdoor, even in your own country. They're like, uh, we will not allow you into the country if you don't give our law enforcement a back door. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're an American company. My my question
1: is I know China is one of the largest, if not the largest manufacturer on planet Earth of of things, right? Things are just made there now. Um, Is it like specifically manufacturing companies that have banned employees, or is it like all companies? have banned employees from having products, right? Because if it's the, no, the manufacturer, you, you, you get, I get that, because you don't want people distracted on their iPhones while they work. So you can't have them while you're there.
2: Well, the ones that were banned for Apple were just the government employees. Oh, I don't know if they've done anything hmm. to, to the populace or
3: not.
1: Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's a caveat. I honestly, didn't get that. Like, okay. Uh,
3: if you look into Apple's history, I mean, all of the big tech industries were at some point or another uh, supported in their growth uh, when they would have absolutely collapsed by government. I mean, the uh, if you look mm. at the major stock owner, it's the pensions of the various levels of government. So, yeah, uh, 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 Apple... Absolutely has like a uh, a conflict of interest when it comes to uh the Chinese government. Yeah, but, they they absolutely have a reason I to mean, spy okay, on the Chinese but government.
1: Couldn't this also just be the Chinese government going, uh, we picked our preferred operating system for the government and it's not Apple? Yeah. like we choose Android. Sorry, yeah. Apple. Right. Yeah. I mean, is, could it be that simple? Oh, it really could be that simple. Okay.
2: Yeah, it could be taking away eighty percent of Apple's market share is a, uh, you know, close one of the steps to like a death by a thousand cuts. I don't know.
1: Maybe Android uh, agreed to do a thing, you know, going forward that uh, Apple wouldn't agree to do. Uh, you know.
2: Well, they've got all their own damn corporations. I mean, Huawei and all the rest of these some bitches. Mm-hmm. So they just might be making them use Chinese phones.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and well, one thing to keep in mind is that there literally is no separation between the corporation and the government in China. Like, here we at least have nominal uh, ownership. <laughs> There's an
1: illusion of a because, separation because between Because we still the have
3: the, the free market level of your average total fascism. That's about how much free market we have, uh, but not as little as communism.
1: Yeah, 3,700 flavors. Don't you
3: like your Pepsi and Coke instead of Coke <laughs> rules supreme?
1: 3,700 flavors of ice cream, but uh, can't rule yourself. <laughs> it's not allowed. No, this, that, it, buddy this is throw Bastard
3: This is Bastard Robin's. You only have
1: 31. Mm. Oh, yeah. Bastard and Robin.
3: Well, and I think that's part of it, too. Like, if people start getting used to having Microsoft and uh, Google and Apple, like, they might realize there's Linux, that there's these, like, completely unregulated options.
1: I know I'm not the first guy to ever mention this, but I think that if you're going to name something, uh, naming it micro and soft, right, just... Seems like two words you wouldn't name, well, anything, really, if you're a dude, right? Mm. And perhaps even if you're not. Holy
3: shit. Right? So that's why he fucks with Africa. I mean, apart from the fact that it's very easy to get away with it. But that's why he fucks with Africa.
2: I think that name might have come to pass back during the floppy disk days. Mm. No, it did.
1: But even though, even still, and, you know, I'm older than that. So, like, I remember them days when they came upon us. Um it like it's still defy I'm like really this it's called Microsoft mm. right the, the like and in the beginning there was just Apple right and then something happened it really it seems to me it's a lot like when uh uh Metallica kicked out Dave Mustaine and he formed Megadeth mm. right like something happened uh you know one guy got kicked out uh and that was uh, Bill Gates and so he went on and started Microsoft, or like the, the company split. It was Apple, and then the other one became Microsoft as they split. And so one went off, became Metallica, the other went off and became Megadeth. And so, you know, they've both done a lot of great things as far as, you know, making tech for everybody to use and trying to make it easier as time went on. Um, that being said, Apple still doesn't have the market share that Microsoft does, and Android has the overwhelming majority of people on their platform
2: wasn't the original apple logo a whole apple and then when uh, macintosh came on there was suddenly a bite gone out of the fucking apple
1: I don't know I'm pretty
3: sure that the original logo was the uh rainbow of a bite taken out of an apple A rainbow? Yeah, yeah, was, it was uh it. uh yeah, like the it was a bunch of uh stripes of color
1: Cuz I learned uh, my first computer was like the Apple II and the Apple IIe, and I don't know what it meant then because you know it certainly didn't mean that they were all networked together or that somehow they were analog previously and now they're electronic, right? <laughs> I used to throw an e in front of everything to mean electronic. Um, <laughs> I believe they've like they've done versions of their logo over time.
3: Dude, that one.
1: Right, yeah. I I've got the one with the word apple in it as well. Like the, but at any rate, yeah, yeah. it is a like a rainbow with a bite taken out of the uh, as you're looking at it the right side, uh, and it's which, got a leaf on top.
3: Which I mean, call me crazy, but it seems to me like a reference to
1: Adam and Eve. Hi, crazy. Wow, there's like the old keyboard that like no one has ever seen except me because I lived through that age. <laughs> All right, so yeah, there are some images online. Feel free to you know search Apple original logo. Uh, talking to our listeners.
3: Yeah, they were the first ones to uh, celebrate Gay Pride Week. Uh, the thing. Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't <laughs> know why everybody thinks they can appropriate the rainbow and call it their own.
1: Yeah, Skittles really kicked that one off, didn't they?
2: Well. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of things that have skittled me over the years. Uh, Can't be one of them.
1: Skittle me timbers. Hey, uh, Major Payne, I have a question for both you and Peakless Mountaineer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Is it paganophile? Pogo no file? P o g o n o file? P h i l e. It is a great example of a fun and funny word. It was first recorded in 1960 to 65 from the French word of the same spelling. Pogonophile combines the Greek word pogon, meaning beard, and phile, meaning lover or enthusiast, from the Greek philos, dear, and beloved. There are many words that are formed with phile, including bibliophile, astrophile, and Hippophile, lover of horses apparently. So, a pagonophile is somebody who apparently loves beards.
3: Paganophile.
1: Paganophile, pogonophile. Paganafile. P- paganafile. P- P- gone. Like pa P- gone a file? Gone. Paganophile.
3: Paganophile.
1: I don't know if I'm saying that right from the south, paganafile, if I'm not saying it correctly, please give us a call. At 603-283-6160, won't you? Yeehaw.
2: <laughs> well, I've never met a Pagana, so I wouldn't know one if I saw Paganophile. one. Paganophile. I have met a pet.
1: Whoa. There was some weird I random voice in my head. Paganophile.
2: They call them pedophiles. Does that mean you just love your dog?
1: A what file?
3: That's a that's a rather different spelling, sir. Y- y- uh, wouldn't uh, it suck to be Peter Peterphile? Especially in England.
1: Wow.
2: And if you slam the door too quick, it can be dangerous.
1: And so I've had a a couple of different friends over the course of my life named Russ. Hi to Russ, by the way. All of you. Uh, There's a number of you. But like every time, I always do this thing where like, you know, there's words that end in Russ, right? What's up, danger? Mm. And the Russ is implied, right? You know. Can tanker. Uh you know. If your name is do Russ, you Ken like, Tanker? Yeah. I'd can like you to be my friend Ken Tanker. Russ? Then you introduce him, right? And like they never liked it, but I always thought it was funny, so I kept doing mm. it. <laughs> so
3: didn't you have a story about uh, Bill Gates that you wanted to go into?
1: I did. Yeah. Um I wanted to get the Pagana file out uh, of the way though okay uh this was courtesy uh i can't even take credit for this uh richie rich sent this to me and uh he was like i learned a new word today and i was like yep that's a new word i looked it up and i'm like oh yeah fucking i think i'll bring that onto beard talk live for obvious fucking reasons right because we need another word
3: instead of just beardo well
1: uh, yeah i'm probably See this
3: this is the magic word it's all latin
1: if Beard Talk Live had uh, the equivalent of an underground secret club where we were having a party, this would be the, the password to get in. Mm, yeah, that's it. Okay. Paganophile.
2: How about right? if you, uh, you you edit your old uh, storylines and call them the Paganophiles?
1: Paganophile doodly, doodly, Talk doodly, Live. Doodly, doodly. Yeah, we'll just start a whole new show. It'll be this you know, show, be exactly.
2: Your, uh, your old, your old, um, broadcast, the file of all the shit you've done would be the Pagana files.
1: Oh, like the folder that we keep all the copies of this in. Yeah. That would be the Pagana, that would be the Pagana file file, but sure. I get your point.
2: Yeah, well, it just popped into my head.
1: All right. So you said something about a, a story that I have. I did. I have to go to the device with which I have that prepped in order to tell you about said thing. Uh, there we go. Uh, Major, uh, you, I know you read the news and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you read tech news, but have you ever heard of MOSIP? No, sir. M-O-S-I-P.
2: Sounds like something you do with whiskey. MoSips.
1: Uh, mo, Not less fact. sips. I'm on MOSIPs. Yeah, I don't drink anymore. But I don't drink any less either. All right. Uh, so this from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This is their publication. They posted this. I'm reading directly from their website. Oh, yeah, uh,
2: there's a couple of fucking winners there.
1: GatesFoundation.org. Digital IDs are an effective tool against poverty. Mmm. Mm. A global solution is making them available to millions. This is their fluff. Mm-hmm. Part one, our global identity problem. If a person cannot prove who they are, can they take advantage of all the opportunities society has to offer? For the 850 million people around the world who lack any acceptable form of legal identity, the answer is no. Proof of identity enables people to fully participate in the economy. It eases access to employment and education, as well as services such as banking, Government programs, and health care. People living in low and middle income countries are more likely to go without ID. More than half of those without proof of identity are children whose births were not registered. One in two women in low income countries do not have ID. And even among those who identif- or whose identity can be verified, many lack documentation that is suited to the digital age. This means Many of the resources that could help them impose their or uh, help them improve their quality of life are out of reach. Fortunately, a formidable solution has emerged: an open-source, customizable digital ID system called Modular Open Source Identity Platform, or MOSIP. M O S I P. That is available to all countries for free. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. Because there's a, my first there's on way on more to this than just mm. that, but that's their fluff. That's their introduction. That's the first you know four paragraphs or something here, and the name of the thing. Uh, to my, me, my this first sounds even
2: 850 million that have no identification are living in impoverished countries, and there probably aren't any social service prop um, you know systems for them that are available to them.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that like,
2: countries, they wait for the care truck to pull up with a load of wheat and shit, you know?
1: Right. Looking at this from the top down perspective, this is a tool of evil designed to identify every human on the planet so that they can realize the, uh, the milking of them in the way they milk the rest of us. Right. Because yeah. without ID, they can't milk them. You know, can't milk a cow that you can't wrangle. I think is That's right. major pain, might say.
2: In the ear of every one of your cows.
1: Yeah, there's no bells on these cows. They've yet to be bells.
2: No, but they got they oh, they got all these fucking ear tags now, where it proves it had its shots and was registered and all the fucking crap you got to go through just to raise your meat.
3: Well, and I think ear tagging is really the technology that they're warning about with RFID chips.
1: Yeah. I think that the number of people who exist on planet Earth that are not registered or even under registered, maybe they're a little bit registered and they know that they're not quite fully registered. Right. I think these people should like fight to not have to register at all forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, In ways, I already feel like I'm registered. Right. Uh, I got a social security number. I got, you know, this kind of thing. Like growing up, it was just like a thing that happened to you. I didn't choose to have one. I didn't, you know, I didn't sign anything. Right. They didn't ask me. And then like, here you go. Right. It was just given to me. But like I was, I'm obviously registered. Right. Um well, And
2: these people are going to be so under or uninformed that they really won't even realize that they got something that they should be fighting.
1: Right. The spin on this is, well, we'll just move along. Uh a small but mighty team in India developed this technology for creating national ID systems with funding from our foundation. This is, again, the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation article they published. Since 2018, 11 countries, nine of them in Africa, two in Asia, have signed memoranda of understanding with MOSIP to pilot the system. More than 90 million people have been registered for MOSIP based IDs in the Philippines. Ethiopia, and Morocco as part of national deployments. MOSIP is a powerful example of how low- and middle-income countries can harness open-source technology to improve lives and accelerate development. All right, so next section, digital ID is a critical piece of digital public infrastructure. Digital ID systems are one of three pillars of what's known as a digital public infrastructure, or DPI. The others are digital payment systems and digital exchange systems. By connecting people and making making it easier to move money and share information, DPI is in many ways the modern-day equivalent of the roads and bridges that helped reshape economies in the 19th century. Researchers say that DPI can help low- and middle-income countries leapfrog traditional stages of development, lift millions out of poverty, and spur economic growth. Son of a bitch. I like, no, this just sounds like enslavement. <laughs> right? This sounds hey, like, up. congratulations, now we can brand all of you. Right? And we're rolling it out. That's what this sounds like to me. Can you believe that so many of our cattle are
3: running around untagged? How are we supposed to make sure that they are getting enough grain?
1: <laughs> right. Or you know
3: Captain, this reminds me.
2: Earlier, you were talking about truth and naming, or you know, like your organizations and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, this should be the Hellgate Foundation.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they got the Gates part of it, right? Right. You know, I mean, that's creepy, man. Man, you, uh, you okay? So, so it. hold on, hold
3: on, dude it's infinitely creepy i swear to god like there's it's a literal rabbit hole of creepiness the further down the bill gates uh hole that you want to go like him his family his entire career everyone that's connected to him it's it's just a complete rabbit hole of uh, of corruption like, like he's yeah, yeah. he's uh, uh from a an old
1: eugenicist family uh yeah I have a certain tone because I'm reading this and I'm like, "Fucking, this is bullshit." So, but like, other people are reading this, going, "Wow, this is thoughtful and deep," and it sounds like they're doing good. Like, there's people reading this who buy it, yeah, and are like, "Oh, what do you have against that? That sounds like it's so good." They're just trying to help people.
3: And the nice thing about living in the era of choosing what I'm consuming for media is that if I click on, uh, uh. a little YouTube video about Carnegie and they start spinning this bullshit about his philanthropy. I'm like, this is not worth listening to. You're gonna be a puff piece because his philanthropy, just like all of these philanthropists, it was all the manipulation of society for their vision. Yeah, they, uh, okay, so for example, every time they prop up a hospital while they're simultaneously crushing every other one, it's because they want those hospitals to survive. Yeah, every time they prop up a library, it's because they want the information standards of that particular library to be maintained.
1: I'm, uh, you know, uh, I've never met the man. Uh, I used to live in the Seattle area, never met the man, never came close to meeting the man. Uh, Bill Gates, that is. Uh, But, like, I mean, it's to a point where I'm like, if there was ever, like, somebody writing a, a, a book about this, you know, point in time, like... Bill Gates, holy fuck! If that's not like the evil supervillain, right? Right? You know what I mean? Like he fits the criteria. You know, as soon as the uh, flight logs came out, Melinda divorced him and shit, man, and like they separated their shit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of strategic moves were made. Mm-hmm. He drops this, like this is this is creepy on a whole bunch of levels to me because we know Satoshi Nakamoto dropped a gift upon humanity by by with the blockchain and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. right and probably one of the greatest gifts anyone's ever given humanity right this is bill gates attempting to do that except for governments Mm. he just deployed a platform that governments can subscribe to in order to make you know things easier to make bureaucracy easier which of course we all know the blockchain can do right so he's he's proposing to uh Make governments his cash cow now by rolling out his new platform that allows governments to subscribe to and then make all their bureaucracy easier, saving them millions of dollars. Meanwhile, he takes over all of the bureaucracy. Mm. Or you could do uh, both and do WorldCoin,
3: where you are simultaneously using the uh, gift of good money
1: and uh, being a creepy world controlling uh, prick. Uh, The article continues, a digital ID system is critical because people need a verified identity in order to tap into DPIs. Other benefits from digital bank accounts and instant payments to mobile phone accounts and personal data management. That's a lot of stuff. That's Mm -hmm. all your stuff. That's all of your identifiable information. Mm -hmm. The original inspiration for MOSIP was India's national digital ID system, ANDHAR, which launched in 2009. This ambitious effort would eventually enroll over 99% of all Indian adults. So a version of this, the, the previous version of this, was already uh, released into India and enrolled 99% of everybody there. Yep. Raja uh, Rajagopalan, a professor at the International Institute of Information Technology, Bangalore, was sure that Adhar would be transformational. In the early 1990s, he had worked on technology for people living in poverty in rural areas of India. He saw that access to services was a recurring problem because of villagers who didn't have IDs. They needed an intermediary to vouch for them when they went to a hospital, for example, or when they wanted to access subsidized rations like wheat, pulses, or sugar. This issue especially affected women living in poverty. To me, this says, if you don't get one of these, you aren't going to have access to the hospital, to rations, to sugar, to wheat, uh, especially if you're a woman that's below the poverty level. Mm -hmm. That's what this says to me. Accessing what is rightfully due... Wait, no, that's a quote from the guy. Uh, True to Rajagopalan's prediction... Adhar transformed life for people across India. Access to an inclusive digital ID system meant that people no longer had to rely on intermediaries. The system also made life easier in other important ways. Within a decade, bank account ownership in India more than doubled to 78% in 2021, and it brought millions of Indians, especially women, into the formal economy. This is exactly what happened in the U.S. when they uh, went from one income to two income family right that's exactly what this uh, has affected hmm. so 78% more bank accounts and brought millions especially women into the formal economy right ah. this achievement would otherwise have taken 45 years they claim this is the Bill and Melinda Gates just you know writing this so they're going to claim it. it would have taken yeah, I, way too I'm long.
3: sorry i got a point out that they are using the very technology that uh, is their enemy as a way of uh, describing their technology which is not peer-to-peer like that is not no one in no intermediary right
1: right no no intermediary <laughs> except us yeah, except it's our platform <laughs> right and like it gets even worse Uh, The system has broadened the reach of social safety net programs, reduced waste, and made government more responsive during times of crisis. Uh, He says a team of programmers uh, in Bangalore wanted wanted the benefits of a system like this to reach a global audience, so they sent out to build MOSIP, a flexible, inclusive, and trusted digital ID system that any country could customize to meet its specific needs. This is a commercial for tyrants. Yeah. Right? This is like, hi, tyrants. Do you run a government? <laughs> <laughs> Do you
3: find that your cattle
1: are hard to he, tag? He slaps it on the on the hood like, this baby can enslave millions.
3: <laughs> like, seriously, does the guy need to be standing next to uh, a, a giant laser in order for this to, to sink in?
1: Like, this sounds like uh, if I were to roll out you know, the bureaucratic version uh, of, I don't even know, like this is so horrible. This is like somebody has automated statism and now states can subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. The man who automated it is Bill fucking Gates and a bunch of governments are probably going to begin subscribing to this. Major, are you well, still the
2: learn? only reason this shit can fly is it's just like all the con artists used to say back in the thirties and forties? Ah, there's a sucker born every minute.
1: That was uh, P.T. Barnum. Well, that.
2: that sounds right.
3: Yep. Ain't that the fucking truth? Well, and, well, uh, and this is all being Kearney done, you know, for start. your benefit, that, of course.
2: That ain't a good start for a con artist. Con and carny, that ain't far apart, right there.
1: Yeah, but uh, a carny. Uh, if they do their job right, they entertain you while they take your money.
2: Mm-hmm. I, oh, I know. Well, it's just like the gypsies, you know, the old where they'd leave a, a handprint of ashes on your uh, back if you were a pigeon.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did that to somebody in, at, at like, you know, in a bar. We were playing pool or something. I was like, hey, nice shot. And I patted him on the back, except I had put my hand on that big chalk thing, mm. right? And then so he had a big handprint on the back of him.
3: Yeah, Major, that's why they'd call you a mark. Exactly, because they would give you a mark.
1: Yep, yeah, you were marked. That's it.
3: Yeah. All right. Somebody
2: Ma- seen too much money in your wallet, or noticed your pockets was a little heavy, and set you up for the next gypsy down the road. There, yeah. they're all in cahoots.
1: Hey, major, yep. hang on, hang on. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Going three times.
3: Technicalties.
1: Cannot hear you. Call us back. We'll try and put you on. All right, Major. Sorry about that. We had a technical thing we had to suss out.
2: You had your testicles you had to put down?
1: Yep. That's what I said. I
2: hate when, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Comes so rarely.
1: They're, they're down now, so it's good. You know, Down, boys. Not too far, but, you know, far enough.
2: Well, as long as it ain't barking.
1: Ellen Barkin? What? That's an old broad.
2: Who's barking? Barkin? Ellen. What's Barkin?
1: Ellen was Barkin.
2: Ellen Barkin. That's right. I, I know Ellen
3: degenerate. I don't know about Ellen Barkin.
1: <laughs> yeah, not the not the same Ellen. No. Not at all. Uh,
3: yeah, one of the uh, uh, one of the things that they're going to use to. Uh, make all of this work is AIs, mm-hmm. and that's why they're yes. uh, working so hard to uh to keep the ais out of the hands of civilians because the same technology is equally good at finding ways around their ways of categorizing and predicting us yeah uh, well the
2: government's the one that wants to keep control of the ai but you right. gotta keep in mind that the government here in the united states is the one that invented the internet just so they could send shit back and forth between fucking Congress and the White House, they didn't know what to do with the monkey they built.
3: Well, I think they saw. I, no, I think they saw very clearly that if they did not release a version of an internet, that the people were going to discover it, and if the people discovered right. it, then the kind of people that were likely to discover it were going to do things like end-to-end encrypt things at the base layer. Which is one thing, like, as much as I love Noster, I, I do think that at some point it's going to have to be replaced by something that is encrypted at the base layer. Something that is, uh, like, at the very bottom of it is uh, is uh, not only pseudonymous, but anonymous. Something that has a privacy technology built at the very bottom of the thing. Yeah. The... Well
2: they'll fight that tooth and nail.
3: Oh they they no. don't have a choice in that. And that's the thing. Like the the pendulum of technology has swung in the other direction. It has up until this point been favoring the censorship of communication. And now they distributed the distractions so widely that they've empowered us. And now we have the ability to completely replace them with what's in our pockets.
1: So they've described, you know, like what, what sort of brought them to this point, right? Uh, they've described the problems, if you will, and how this might, might help. Part two, an open solution, an open source solution. MOSIP offers digital ID solution that any country can adapt and use. The success of Adhar in India triggered a surge of interest in digital ID technologies around the world. By twenty eighteen, more than sixty countries were trying to develop such a system, including every country in sub Saharan Africa. But countries could not simply copy and use Aadhaar or other national digital ID systems like those in Estonia and Singapore. Singapore, that's right. Because they have those systems are wild
2: countries where they can't find all their cattle in the brush.
1: Right. Uh, So they simply couldn't copy those from other countries because those systems were owned by the governments that developed them. They instead turned to commercial vendors, making costly investments that yielded frustrating results because the system suffered from vendor lock-in. Commercial vendor software was proprietary, which means governments could not customize it without tying themselves financially and functionally to a given vendor. Countries ran the risk of having to start from scratch when their needs evolved beyond a vendor's capabilities, such as when they needed to reach specific populations or connect to a different government system to disperse welfare payments. When MOSIP launched in 2018, it offered governments an alternative. MOSIP is a digital public good, whatever the fuck that means, which means that everything about the technology is open. All of the code and documentation is publicly available. Anyone is free to use the software and build on top of it. The use of open standards means that other systems can easily plug into MOSIP. Uh, who hosts it? That's you know the question I have. Uh, MOSIP alone does not do it all for the system to be fully functional. Governments also need biometric device vendors, deduplication software providers, card or credential printing machines, and system integrators, all of which require additional investment. If a digital ID system is a car, MOSIP is the engine, and these ancillary systems are the wheels, seats, steering, and lights. So the MOSIP team made it easier for governments to build the car. MOSIP developed a thriving ecosystem of more than 80 commercial vendors to provide those ancillary services so that adopting governments had choices. More competition helps keep these prices low, So MoSIP provides free trading to commercial partners, local and international alike, and created a marketplace where partners could showcase products and services to governments. MoSIP also oversees an independent certification process for commercial partners, ensuring small and large players could compete. By 2021, six countries had adopted the MoSIP system, three times more than the team had expected. Success stories flooded into MoSIP's offices In Bangalore, in one African country, 550,000 students started receiving government benefits after the MOSIP team wrote a tool that imported their existing biometric data from the education department into the ID system. In one Asian nation, the government issued bank account numbers when people registered for the country's ID system, resulting in 8 million bank account applications. All right. So, what they've done is they have uh, created what they're calling open source software. That's available for any government to use. Uh, and when you want lights and, uh, you know, brakes and, uh, you know, rearview mirrors and all the accessories on your government car, uh, you have to buy from one of their approved vendors. This is what we call a closed market. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, you once you you know decide to build upon this open source platform, now you're relegated to buying from these particular vendors who are already all in on it. Right. Yeah, it's a company town with modern technology. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is. Uh, I mean, I'm describing. I, I think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think so far I am describing uh, what many science fiction series and books uh, would describe as the birth of a technocracy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like I said, man, re- go down that go down that rabbit hole sometime. And you will find members of the, like, no, no, we we specifically told you, we are the technocracy. We believe in this form of government. You should be governed according to, I mean, uh, their version of logic.
1: Major? Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, this is very, very Orwellian.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I read exactly. this and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to bring this to beard, man. Yeah. Uh, part three, security and inclusion. Success was not inevitable. MOSIP's biggest challenge was meeting demand. Morocco signed up before the MOSIP programmers had written a single line of code and others eagerly lined up. Many nations wanted to expedite their adoption after the COVID-19 pandemic had exposed huge systemic vulnerabilities, including government's inability to identify who needed help and how to quickly send them aid. Then there was the anxiety the team felt on a deeper existential level about what it would mean for the future of digital ID systems if MOSIP failed. They worried that it would stymie future development. It was a situation that gave us a lot of pause, says Ann Guramurthy, MOSIP's head of strategy and resourcing. There was good reason for the nerves. No one had ever attempted to build a system like MOSIP, which sought to register the entire population of a country, regardless of its size, geographically, or cultural characteristics. The system had to be flexible enough to accommodate a country as small as 5 million and as large as 100 million or more people. It had to be able to enroll populations spread across 7,500 islands, as in the Philippines, or across mountains and deserts, as in Morocco. With every country adoption, the team incur- encountered new challenges, and it had to be secure as it managed people's sensitive data. So they're acknowledging a whole bunch of shit here. They're acknowledging that they built this uh, to register, uh, s- or build something that can register the entire Earth's population, right? By by way of scale, uh, and they're bragging about it. <laughs> yeah they're like well we now possess the ability to to do this so uh the mosab team had one big advantage because they were based at university their decisions <laughs> weren't driven by business objectives well <laughs> they I, say in the next sentence i i gotta point out man like
3: the fact that he's doing this as the the company town version of this it's just another form of the competition in the money wars I mean, uh, uh, Musk has announced and has already filed the paperwork for adding payments to what used to be Twitter. I mean, they're all kind of feeling for the exits. Like, ooh, maybe I could run all of the money. Yeah, there's this massive war in the upper echelons of society against each other that is starting to erupt. Where, like, Hey, I thought we agreed that I would be
1: controlling everything. Well, I thought we agreed that I would be controlling everything. You've <laughs> got your chocolate and my peanut butter. Um, there's things, okay, so what I, I don't want to say like, but like an idea that I had when thinking about this, let's just say that that this works. Bill Gates builds a platform that any government can subscribe to. Mm-hmm. They don't have to, but they can. Mm-hmm. And then if they do, in order to really customize it for their particular flavor of tyranny, mm. right? They pick from a menu of options through approved vendor uh, vendors that can only be approved through the Gates Foundation or whatever. Uh, so that does allow, believe it or not, for somebody to build a competing one of those. That, you know, I mean, maybe they don't have an agreement with the governments right now, but if they build it and can prove that it's better and works more efficiently and has less, oh, I don't know, death and destruction and you know, human waste and you know, I mean, waste of life and that kind of thing, right? Then, you know, people will move to it in the same way people moved from like MySpace to Facebook back in the day. There was the great migration. You say
3: Facebook had less death and destruction and waste of human life.
1: I'm saying that it was a better platform. Oh, right, okay. just you know, somebody built a better version of MySpace at the time, uh, and everybody thought it was better, and now everybody regrets it.
3: <sighs> well. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but everyone's going to get what they want. And the people who want certainty more than they want to run their own lives, because that is the trade-off. It is an actual dichotomy. It is a real decision. You can either run your own life or have it run by society or that guy or whatever. And either you will have something predictable where, yes, you will get stomped on. Like
1: hard. On the other or hand like, You will who knows what What if I mean if this is an open source thing What if I just subscribe to it as me mm. I'm a nation of one mm. I'm a government I need governance for me mm. Right maybe I should do that <laughs> I'll go check it out um, Yeah I'm pretty
3: sure That they follow the same rules as Gigi Unless the other countries say you're a country We're not going to give you
1: country level technology I mean You know we'll see because sometimes you just, you know, enter a name into a form and all of a sudden you get email. <laughs> true. Uh, you know, uh, just saying, you know, uh, the uh, MOSIP team says that uh, they their, their decisions w- were weren't driven by business objectives because they were based at the university. This allowed them to make inclusivity, safety and user feedback high priorities. They engaged in research collaborations with global institutes like the Alan Turing Institute and Carnegie Mellon University with the aim of co-creating state-of-the-art technologies, incorporating security and privacy as key design principles. They built an international advisory group of experts in identity that brought a global perspective to how the technology is designed, developed, and disseminated. Together, they anticipated challenges, sought feedback from the field, and modified the software in response. So, you're not even getting 1.0 by the time it hits you. Right? That was their beta test, right? Uh, then now they This is how it happens in software, right? Somebody mm-hmm. develops something, you put it through, you know, some testing, do some QA stuff on it. You got a group together of people that like power users, whatever, to go ahead and put it through its paces. And then you document all the shit that went wrong. You throw it back to the developers and they go, oh yeah, let us fix these things. And then they come back and they're like, no, we're going to try it again. And you go through and it's just rinse and repeat until you get it right until they're satisfied that mm-hmm. it's time to release the damn thing. Most software goes out with a whole bunch of fucking errors in it on their first release, uh, and every subsequent release as well. Like, software is imperfect. Humans make it, therefore it will be fallible. Uh, The same thing goes for AI, by the way. Uh, The Philippines was MOSIP's first large-scale deployment. The country had spotty internet connectivity in remote places, so MOSIP worked with vendors to engineer special field kits that let enrollment officers travel door-to-door to collect people's information and then upload the data into the system in batches later when they had connectivity. That doesn't sound creepy at all. Right. Bunch of enrollment officers going, door. yes, we're here to enroll you. Mm-hmm. It's got some like Empire, dun, 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 like music behind it. Yeah. Most yeah of, well,
3: I mean, how far from a census taker is that?
2: Well, you remember the words of Ronald Reagan, the scariest words in the English languages. Hi, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help.
3: Right.
1: MOSIP also made the ID credential a digitally signed QR code so it could be verified offline, a feature that is now standard in the system. In Africa, where almost two-thirds of people still use feature phones, the MOSIP engineers had to figure out how to enable authentication despite the limited functionality of the devices. They also sped up pilot testing, which initially took so long that governments would sometimes change over before they finished. Hmm. (laughs) So they learned to move faster than government, which, like, I mean, to be honest, that's pretty fucking slow. Hmm. If your software isn't moving faster than government, you're doing it wrong, I think.
3: (laughs) Faster than the speed of government. Oh, so well, you, you mean
2: slightly you in the opposite software. direction?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. What's that, major?
2: I said perhaps you have government software.
1: <laughs> I I don't. Hopefully, uh, the government's you know of course got you know ways to spy on everybody these days. But well, uh, this
2: whole this whole thing stinks of the new world order and the global agenda. Oh, well, what? I mean, no. Uh, but I mean, and if well. it's successful. I mean, look, they're going to be able to say, well, look, we've increased the uh, people herd of sheeple by 30%. Look how much more we can fleece now.
4: Mm.
2: Well, the price that of yes. world just went down.
1: Right. So, like, when crypto, when Bitcoin first came out, like, a lot of people were, were talking about the, I don't remember the number, the 800 million or billion, I don't remember how many people it is, but the, a whole bunch of people are unbanked, right? And that, like, cryptocurrency offered them you know, the ability to be banked now, even though they they don't have traditional infrastructure like the Westerners do, because it's all digital. Right. It, it exists. You can do it on paper. You can, you know, do it across. You can you can do a telegram. Right. Transmitting information and do a Bitcoin transaction over a wire or, a you know, a, a ham radio or something like that. Right. It's possible to transact with cryptocurrency outside of the Internet. It takes a while longer, and it's it, you know, a cumbersome process depending on which one you choose. But it's possible, mm-hmm. right? So the uh, in Africa, where almost two-thirds of the people who use feature phones, the MOSIP engineers had to figure out how to enable authentication despite the limited functionality of devices. So multiple device, different types of phones, OSs. They also sped up pilot testing, which initially took so long, we already covered that, The team retooled the model to shrink the pilot period from 18 months down to three months. To make the pilot implementation more affordable for countries, MOSIP supplied biometric devices and other elements of the pilot, so countries only had to spend a few thousand dollars. Within four months of the successful trial in Togo, four other countries signed up to run pilots. (laughs) So they were like, okay, we'll just give you a bunch of hardware If you sign up for this pilot, that way it'll only cost you a few thousand dollars, right? Mm. Most governments are like, a few thousand dollars, okay, whatever, it's fine, right? That's pocket change to a government, right? But they had to supply all of the hardware. Now, why would anyone build such a platform Mm. that governments can subscribe to for free, right? Uh, And then, you know, buy the bells and whistles from the approved vendors, where uh they would give them the hardware right i mean there's no there's no benefit there right like follow the money like where does that make sense from a business perspective
3: well if you look at the way amazon came into existence Mm -hmm. it's uh, or for that matter, the way that Uber came into existence. You have this massive upfront cost so that you can corner the market. Once you've cornered the market, then you make the market profitable. So, Amazon, for example, they are still shipping out products. That's not their actual job. Right, right. That's not what makes them any money. That loses them to this day a tremendous yeah. amount of yeah. money. No,
1: they started as an online however, bookstore,
3: but. However,. They are also the cloud computing center of the fucking planet, That's which what makes, makes them, the them not only rich but insanely powerful. So yeah, if you put if you put this massive upfront cost, but what you're cornering is like the ability to print all the money.
1: They uh, <laughs> to maximize inclusivity the team gave people several options for sharing their biometric data, including, stop me if you've heard this. No, don't stop me, because y- you have heard this. Scans of their fingerprints, iris, or face. This was helpful in places like Ethiopia, where few people had ever had their fingerprints scanned. One day, an elderly man at a registration center talked excitedly about how his new ID would enable him to access services without having to cut Or give a cut to a middleman. One guy. Yay, I got my card. I get my government benefits. Give me free shit. They're highlighting this as like a benefit Mm -hmm. to the system. Uh, But as he placed his fingers on the scanner, his hands shook so much that the machine was unable to get a clear scan. The man worried. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He hadn't had the, the whiskey in a couple of days.
3: Right? He's shaking a little bit. And that was the moment where he had his final chance to turn back. God said, don't do this. The universe said, you have this one last chance. Turn back, oh man. But no. And, you know, you want an inclusive technology. I've got one. There is a technology where you don't even need a fingerprint. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't, you don't even need irises. What? Yeah, you you can use it in case you just happen to be one of those people that doesn't have a face.
1: Wait, if you're a girl and your name is Iris, what do you call the things in your eyes?
3: Iris irises. Okay. Which is pretty meta. Good,
0: yeah. Sorry, I didn't
3: mean to interrupt you. Continue. Too late. Now I'm all derailed. All right, well... But yeah, I- uh you want to talk about inclusive or exclusive technology? Because the whole nature of what you're doing is owning the power to exclude people from trading with each other.
1: So his hands were shaky, right? Uh, And they shook so much that the machine was unable to get a clear scan. The man worried that he would not be able to get his ID. (laughs) You don't have his quote or anything. It just says the man worried that he would not be able to get his ID. The dozens of other people in line, mothers holding children, other elderly people looked on, wondering if they too would encounter the same problem. Hmm. So uh, this is what they call painting a picture, right? Yeah. This is uh, Sally Struthers.
2: Epileptic man, man fail scan.
1: <laughs> right. But this is like Sally Struthers, you know, for just the cost of a cup of hmm. coffee every day, you too can sponsor a government to enslave everybody digitally by the millions. <laughs> literally what this is
3: saying. They're painting a picture. Let me tug on your heartstrings. Let me present right. some sympathetic figures that also, like you I'm sure, want to belong to
1: the system. The man worried that he would not be able to get his ID. The dozens of other people in line, mothers holding children, other elderly people looked on, wondering if they too would encounter the same problem.
3: Oh, heavens to Betsy's. We might be undocumented. Major,
1: you were saying something?
2: Oh, I just... It, it, it's escaped me now. We've gone past it.
1: The operator switched to an iris scanner. <laughs> this detects whether or oh, not your are Oh, there name is we iris. go. That'll <laughs> fix the... I'll
3: likely start... Sorry, folks. <laughs> you know that... Only mildly intrusive fingerprint scanner, it seems to be having troubles.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, the epileptic guy so or the, the alcoholic or whatever. So, please, give me access to the <laughs> windows to your soul. Hang on. Hang on. It gets worse. <laughs> the operator switched to an iris scanner, which worked. Quote, the gentleman was very happy, said uh, Roger Gopalin, MOSIP's head of country implementation, who was visiting the registration site that very day. I mean, like this was staged. If it ever happened, mm. you know. I mean, because they're like, "Oh, this guy's coming to visit. We better, we better get a, a man there who's like happy to get his ID, right, or whatever." Uh, so, part four: reaching the rest of the world. Mosip illustrates how technology that can be harnessed for good on a massive scale. The Mosip team hopes that the system will register one billion people over the next decade. While they work on ways to integrate it with other systems and to make life easier for people Hmm. Uh, or make you more like a mindless automaton. I don't know. Every year on February 14th, every year on February 14th, which the team has dubbed MoSIP Open Source Day. I'm pretty sure that's already been dubbed something. They celebrate their latest accomplishments and above all, the millions more people who are benefiting from the system. The team feels a sense of satisfaction on the one hand, but it also shows us that we have billions more to cover out there, says Narayanian, MOSIP's chief technology officer, and that is what drives us. This is how the
3: Gates Foundation says I love you every so, single year.
1: So, Major, yeah, you're right. This sounds very uh, Orwellian, very dystopian, very Brave New Worldish, perhaps, in some ways. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what I don't like about it, right? But what I do is, if, if it
2: walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a fucking duck. This mm. thing stinks of rotten fish so bad.
1: Right. Now, the thing I want to point out, though, is that anything that one man can build, another man can also build. So or
2: another man can take down.
1: Yes, okay, Right. But what if somebody launched a platform that also claimed to be able to do whatever this platform can do, but do it on a voluntary and consensual basis 100% of the time uh, that, to compete with this one?
3: And that is one of the the statements I was analyzing at the end there. It's like, is this actually true? And ultimately, yes, this will actually improve the world and ultimately give inclusivity and privacy and wealth to people. Because if you take this same technology and you run it through anonymity, then it becomes a power of your own. Yep. So, yeah, you can have something that is uh, unfakeable and also anonymous and you can have this scan of your iris that you know you're you're not likely to lose your eyeball as you might your wallet yeah and you can generate a hash off of that and that'll be your digital thumbprint right and as long as you don't let anyone get that fucking hash so maybe don't put your eyeball
1: into that machine right yeah no there's ways to authenticate transactions Without authenticating your identity or at least passing that information on to bazillions of potential other eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. The the transmission of that data doesn't even need to occur for transactions to to happen. It already doesn't need to happen. And so, like, actually less of it would be better, Mm -hmm. right? Because then there would be uh, a whole lot less uh, tyranny in the world, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, well,
2: I've dealt with government agencies just over the phone, and there's ways you can get around it just by knowing information of your own history. You know, they'll mm-hmm. ask you, like, "Your mother was born, and what was your maiden name?" and yada yada yada.
1: What and, was and, your and, iron maiden
2: name?
3: And I think that, and I think that the market's going to end up just diversifying the method that this gets done. Some people will use their eye socket. And some people will use their thumbprint and some will remember a password. And what will probably end up happening, humans being humans, is if you have a memory thing, then you're going to have a failsafe. And so you're kind of, you know, trusting some amount of programming for this or some company that does the programming. But there's going to be a variety of these things instead of just a single, like, you will have this and also this and we will hold on to it for you.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, coming in and automating the mechanics of bureaucracy, which, by the way, most of it can, should, and will be automated at some point. So all of you bureaucrats, out, you paper pushers, you you departments of Christ knows what, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The Internet is coming for your jobs. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time, right? Figure out some skill or whatever. Figure out a way to benefit society or hurry up and retire, whatever it is you got to do. Figure Um, out
3: something fun to do with AI.
1: Hopefully, you can find something that, uh, you know, uh, but like, time's coming. Prepare for it, right? You're the new newspaper, right? The internet's coming for you. The internet's not done coming for anything, really. No. It's like, what I see this, like, let's say this happens. And I really don't want to say that this happens, but let's just say this happens. Everything I just read to you in this fucking article from the Bill and Gates or the Gates is where this is from. So this is published by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation themselves. This is what they put out. And I'm reading into I'm going, holy fuck, man, this is just dystopian as fuck. So you make your own, you know, mind up. But I, I was just blown the fuck away that like In some ways if you have more than one like this first one just sounds like the death star right bill gates has built the virtual death star and he wants all governments to subscribe to his death star uh you know software package and this software package will just automate everything in your bureaucracy make you look like a superstar because you reduced costs save the people some fucking money they'll reelect you right you know that's what this is fucking feeling like but if somebody else can build another one mm-hmm. that's an alternative to that that does all of those things or whatever those things claim to do but also does it in a voluntary way where you can subscribe now to the amount of services that you need you oh, you need somebody you're in a neighborhood where there's no government but there's parks uh, do you want to go use the park like the parks had a sign up say hey use the park consider sending a a donation over here. It's a QR code or something, right? You know, so you send a donation or you don't, right? You know, it's up to you, right? But that's how that kind of stuff gets done. The park gets built out of, like, the neighborhood coming together, Go, you know what, we really like this neighborhood. If everybody pitches in, you know, I don't know, however much money in the neighborhood, right, it needs to be divided among. we can build a thing. You know, Dave will help and Bob will pitch in and Maria will make sandwiches and shit like that, right? You know, like people cooperating together is very powerful, particularly in a neighborhood environment. Um, and there should be more of that, in my opinion. Um, so well,
2: That's how we started off, is, you know, clannish people living in small communities. And yeah. ever since we came upon that, you know, some guy gets too much land and suddenly has an army, and they're all armed and armored and whatnot and going against pitchforks and torches. Well, suddenly you got a state. Fuck, how'd that
3: happen? Well, it was a good deal longer than that. And it's worth going into, like, how did this thing called the the state come about? And basically what happened was it was the evolution of warrior technology. So uh, at some point you you moved from just being like your standard sort of hunter-gatherer to you got uh, sort of an agrarian uh, culture going on, right? Yeah. So you end up with more food than you're actually consuming. And that sort of uh, stacks on itself. So you end up with this store of extra food. Yep. Well, thing is, there's other, you know, uh, there's other humans and there's also other beasts. And it's a whole lot easier to just steal your food than go find some other food somewhere else. So you got to have someone around that here that keeps the food safe. Yeah, you got to defend the excess. Right. Now, once you have someone... And the farm, too, for that matter. Right. Yeah. Well, and, well, so that's the thing. You end up specializing, right? Because we've got to have a minority of people who are defending the food and the majority of people who are growing the food. Yeah. Right. So this minority of people, they've got to know who's in the majority, who does and does not get some of the food. And as soon as you have a special class of people deciding who does and does not get fed, you end up with rulership. Mm-hmm. Right, then so you're then talking
2: right back, you're talking about the guys with armor again. Right, and that's when they started having the first fashion of what we should, would now call gun control. The peasants hmm. couldn't own crossbows because mm. they could penetrate the army armor of the bastards.
3: Yeah, that's uh, and that's that's where the the corruption comes in. See, we're the upper class. We're the warrior caste. We get to kill people. You don't get to kill people. I love you get to have swords.
1: I love that everybody calls it gun control because it's totally not what it is. Hmm. It's not control of guns. No,
4: it's, gun people control.
2: It, it's taking
1: control. them away control. from you. It's mm. gun removal. Yeah, It's not gun control. Gun it's gun control removal.
2: Yeah. Gun control is being able to hit where you fucking aim. Mm.
1: That is gun control. Yeah.
3: And what it is is population control. They want to control the population.
1: Yeah, I say it every time gun control comes up, but they have the choice government does. They want to show us what a society looks like without people carrying guns all the time. Put yours down yeah all of them the bombs, the rifles, the tanks, whatever I don't care. Yeah. put them all down how, how about put them this? all down how about show this? us how it's done Tell you what let's how, start how easy the like there's written. these
3: particular yeah, exactly. guns yeah. that you really 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 do not want to use. Because they might just extinct your species, so let's just start there, and let's put those guns down. We'll let you keep all of the other creepy guns. We'll let you keep the yeah, stealth I, I, bomber fighter with the AI that kills people. For now, just put those. Da- can you put just those down? And I just we want can to talk? point out their
1: their hypocrisy. Oh, right. Because no, none of that would ever happen. They're never going to put their guns down. Right? They have them. They're not going to give them up easily, so uh, we have to out-invent government. And I think compressing government into the digital domain may possibly help us. I'm not saying that I want this vision that we've described here tonight to occur, but let's say it does happen, right? What good can come of that? Well, it could show us that it's easy to compress all of the functions of government into the digital domain. And since that's true, we should be able to use the digital domain to be able to you know, refine it, refine it, refine it, and figure out where it's useless and where it's not, where all the fat is and where everything's going and blah, blah, blah. And it should result in a less expensive tyranny, mm. right, at a minimum, right? That'll be the first benefit. Uh, the second benefit will be that now whatever the products and services it claims to provide to humanity can be evaluated uh, in an open way. Right. Right. If the platform is open source, that means the platform provider can just be like, here's what it looks like, everybody. Right. One day. Right. That's totally possible. There are like, you know, it's still a monolith. It's not a decentralized open source uh, piece of work. Right. So it's got to run on something Uh, and it's got to be updated and, you know, maintained and all that kind of stuff, just like traditional software platforms. So uh, it's got that going for it, which is nice for them, <laughs> not for you. It, it This is just one of the most creepy things. Um, it does remind me of the idea of the network state. If you've not heard of this, uh, that's okay. It's the newest version of an idea uh, that was out some time ago called BitNation. And this was the idea that uh, all government services could be uh, translated to uh, a menu on the blockchain, right? And you could be like, well, I need some fire protection. I'm in this neighborhood now, and, uh, you know, there was a fire the other day, so I'm going to buy some of that. Uh, You know, I need this kind of car, and you know, whatever, right? Whatever, you know, I want to subscribe to the parks in my neighborhood, right? That kind of a thing. And you got to determine the amount of money you wanted to spend and how much and when and all that kind of thing, or to spend money on things that had no value to you at all. Uh, I have no kids, so give nothing to the school system, right? Uh, you know, because I don't have any kids, right? I don't want pay for that, you know? And if I do, I'll make a donation to a school of my choice after I've evaluated the school and decided, yes, this is the one that gets my money. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to give it willy-nilly to somebody else right. deciding how to spend my money. Right. And so, like, it's possible for this to exist. It's possible for this to be built in parallel with the coming government compression, right, as the financial collapse continues to occur Mm -hmm. right
3: yeah and honestly what blows my fucking mind about this all of these things that everyone's so convinced are completely uh irreplaceable about government are can literally be condensed into a
1: handful of lines of fucking code right and performed right smart contracts if this then that right if this happens then that happens right spit out something at the end
3: yeah like can can we pick a handful of uh, uh, good what they call oracles, which is just like, uh, are there some sources of information that we can kind of agree upon? Okay, great. Since we already have to fucking do that anyway, right? Right. So since we can obviously agree on some sources of information for some things some of the time, then all of those things we can just have a contract that executes itself. Yeah. All of this shit can be done in the snap of a finger. Yep. Who will build the roads? The goddamn algorithm.
1: Yep. Of course. You uh, you have a kid tomorrow, right? Uh, your wife gives birth, and uh, you, you have a kid tomorrow, uh, and you want to leave your kid, uh, you know, I don't know, a Bitcoin or something like that for his 18th birthday, right? You've put some money away. You've got yourself a Bitcoin, one whole Bitcoin, and you're like, you know what? I want my kid to get that Bitcoin on his 18th birthday. Well, you can do that with a smart contract. You can lock up that Bitcoin. Uh, you could have some sort of, you know, uh, way to prove that, you know, he is who he is and that kind of thing outside of the system outlined here in Bill Gates' fucking vision. Uh, you know, a, a key of something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then, you know, when he's 18, on his 18th birthday, you can program it, bam, right? Yeah. Now your kid's got a Bitcoin, right? And it happens automatically. Nobody needs to maintain it. Nobody needs to hold that amount of money in an actual vault somewhere. No physical things. You know, Nobody can charge you a monthly fee for that, right? If they do, you're dumb. Right? There's no need to pay a monthly fee for that service. But nonetheless, that service exists. And so everything that government does when they shuffle around money Uh, It it can be automated, and once it's automated, it's going to become abundantly clear to a whole lot more fucking people uh, that the output of government does not justify the input, right? The ends do not justify the means.
3: Yeah, that's that's one of the things where they have us so completely blinded, is they have been not only not allowing us to expand our ability— But they have been actively contracting human wealth at an aimed rate of 2%. But sometimes they just can't help but steal way more than that. And they wonder why the empires keep falling when you're making everyone poor. But what we are about to create when we actually get to move forward with the technology that we're creating. And, oh, I don't know, benefit from it by having leisure
1: time and the ability to get the goods and services that we need. What's funny is uh, with the appropriate AI, I could say things like AI, uh, go and copy this Bill and Melinda Gates uh, platform since it's open source. Mm-hmm. Copy that, and rename it, uh, something else, and now go and make everything voluntary. <laughs> all participation and all these things make it uh, inclusively voluntary, and uh, you know, find uh, find market prices for all the services, right? And if nothing more, right? Show how much cheaper it would be. To have these products and services, you know, in a in a market that doesn't even exist yet, right? Versus the actual market as it exists today. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! Yeah.
2: Well, when the government aims at a target, no matter what the fuck it is, getting a job done, you're lucky if thirty percent of the actual money that's you know, spec for the project gets to the project. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. When it comes to government, they take they take your money, take a huge chunk, most of it, off the top, keep it for themselves and their friends, and then use a very small portion of it to go to the actual yeah, thing.
0: And, you, know, you get,
2: what, $750 toilet seats and, you know, uh, $250 hammers and all this kind of shit.
1: That is true.
2: And the pork never vanishes. I mean, if they create a fucking agency, oh, it's only temporary, but it gets rolled in the next year's paperwork and rolled in the next, and it's just permanent.
1: Nothing more permanent.
2: Parasitic fucks. Because they're all unionized, too.
3: Oh, don't worry, Major. I'm sure they'll get rid of these speed limits as soon as the gas crunch is over.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They should have Sarah as a spokesperson on Hey,
3: that. as soon as the world war has ended, it's the war to end wars. As soon as the world war has ended, this mere 1% tax on the 1% will end, I'm sure. Well, the speed limit will
2: be taken care of by then because as fast you'll be going is as fast as a fucking donkey can haul you.
1: Don't worry when the terrorism threat is over. We'll take down this color-coded chart that tells you how big a threat terrorist activity is right now. They literally stole the forest (laughs) fire chart. They literally (laughs) stole the goddamn forest fire chart from the Forest Service and changed it from likelihood of a fire today to likelihood of terrorizing you today. Mm -hmm. And it was always high because that's what they were doing to you with that chart was terrorizing Mm -hmm. you.
3: Yeah, of course. If it was low, we wouldn't put it on the news. Well,
2: You've noticed it's time, it's not I, on the I, news. I, must,
3: hmm?
2: I misspoke. I don't even. We won't even be going at donkey speed. We'll be going at people speed because uh, all the donkeys will have been at during oh, see, the. Uh,
3: I don't think I don't think that there's like a reasonable chance of us getting anywhere near there, because uh, at this point the technology exists that we can get around the tyrants and talk to each other. And as long as we can do that, which we can, then we will be able to simply innovate our way around this problem. Like we are the the too many gnats that you can't swat. You know, we're we're the uh, the way too many hedgehogs to hit with your hammer. Like the it's it's the same principle.
1: Like whack a mole.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're the thank you. That's that's what I was looking for. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're the way too many whack a mole. And because yeah, of well, that, they're, we're, they're, we're always going to be able to stay two heps, uh, two steps ahead of them on the control structure. Like, they yeah, they did too yeah. good of a job with their propaganda. And it turns out that the tool that was, you know, designed to, like, track us every second of every day and continually put us into a suggestible alpha wave state, it also let us trade and, like, arrange our own, you know, services.
1: Major?
2: I got nothing.
1: Hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, 603-283-6160. It is, um, it's fascinating to me mm. how uh, something like this uh, can be written And, like, you know that some marketing person went over this, you know, the fine-tooth comb. I saw a couple of things that I would have changed grammatically if I had edited or put this together. Uh, But it was pretty good as far as things you read on the Internet go, as far as, uh, you know, all of that is concerned, how it's formatted, right? Paragraphs, periods, commas, all that stuff, spot on. Um, But, like, you could tell somebody in marketing had their hand in this because of all the fluff and, like, Mm. the, the heartstring tugging. Right. You know, oh, he was such a poor old man waiting for his ID, wondering if he would ever get one. That sounds like, oh, and then there she sat eating the porridge. (laughs) Right. You know, like it's got that. I don't know, man. It just it feels fake. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, all of these foundations function exactly the same way, like their whole bread and butter is convincing you that they are a charity. Now, what they actually are is these terrifying world-controlling organizations, but they keep convincing everyone, no, no, these poor, poor people, they need us to
1: own them. This sounds a lot like, um, no, I don't want to say, oh, do you remember when they came out with these things for the kid? Maybe you're, you're probably old enough, you remember a day before they, but they didn't exist at one point these little vests that they put on, like toddlers, Mm. and it's got like a a zip tie, it like uh, retracts. Mm -hmm. It's like having your kid on a leash that'll only go so far before the kid has to stop. But it's a vest, so it's not like strangling them like you would with like a choke chain on a dog or something like that. But basically, it's a leash for your kid. Do you remember before that time? Like Mm. there used to be a time where those didn't exist. And then one day they existed and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man what horrible parents you have to be to put your kid on a leash dude i love those it, it things take well okay so i learned to love them as well but also i don't have any kids so i was glad yeah, other people's kids were on them but like also if look, i had kids i would never put until, my kid on a leash no That's fuck that man up until a certain point
3: uh humans are animals Like, no, that's literally what is happening in our brains. We are going through the stages of evolution. Now, we managed to go through all of the, like, salamander shit while we're still gestating. We're barely not apes. Right. And that's the thing, especially when we haven't, like, developed the outer parts of our brain. And since they haven't developed the outer parts of their brain, yeah, it makes total sense to me to put kids on leashes if they're going to be out and about where they can fuck things up, including themselves. Just like a puppy. Like, you don't take a puppy out where they're going to, you know, get themselves killed yeah, but...
1: or to chew up something that really needs to not get chewed up. Yeah, but with a dog, you likely never, ever, like, stop using the leash. Right, and that's the difference.
3: So, a human <laughs> being develops the ability to control themselves.
1: While on a leash. Well. yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, little Timmy. I mean. <laughs> You're on a leash. It is
3: also possible to train a dog to the point that they don't need a leash. I mean, like, playpen? Now, unfortunately, a lot more people think they can do that than can.
1: I mean, I guess a playpen is kind of a, a little prison.
3: Yeah, It's a kennel. It
1: I Maybe mean, With toys in it. Yeah. All right. Maybe yeah. a bottle, right? Some nourishment. Something it's a kennel. You, for yeah. when you get the cotton mouth. Yeah,
3: throw a chew toy in a kennel. That's <laughs> right child kennel what God. it's what it is really we're going through the stages of evolution and you go through the mammalian stage of evolution then you start going through the ape stage of evolution and yeah some of that it's probably darn useful i mean uh you remember uh um oshkosh bagosh i do right that's the a brand. fantastic little set of handles right there just uh, grab them by the uh, grab them by the overalls.
1: Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. The overall with the yep, the grabbing handles. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And
3: at an age that is extremely appropriate.
1: I have seen uh, uh, both the the front pack and the backpack that you put the kid in. Mm. Right, and sometimes on occasion you'll see some brave soul with both at the same time, mm. one in the front, one in the back. Mm. Right, maybe they had their kids, you know. A year apart or two years apart, and they're still small, or maybe uh, they agreed to take care of like somebody else's kid, the same <laughs> age. So they try and make a friend or something like that. Right? Mm. Every now and again, you'll see somebody wearing a kid on the front, kid on the back. Maybe at like the zoo, right? Places like that is where you're likely to see that stuff. I've seen Makes me one feel sorry for the kid that on I can the back. remember. So I've, I've seen at least one, right? Where and I was like, huh. I've never seen more than one before, <laughs> and, and then I did. I mean,
3: I appreciate the weight balancing, but I really feel sorry for the kid on the back.
1: Well, and they were like not—they were both faced the same way.
3: Oh, I see. On the shoulders, so,
1: you mean? Yeah. Well, it or... was in a backpack, but like the kid's head stood oh, was okay. above the 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 adult's head enough that he could see around or whatever. And then the one in front. Uh, was turned around facing front as well so whatever the mom's body was pointed at you know also was what they were looking at right and they so had the Krang and the master blaster yeah all three heads were pointed in the same direction which made it creepy here is truly a three-headed monster right you know but uh they were having a good time and smiling a bunch and the kids were like
0: ah look at the thing ah look at some, you know whatever (laughs)
1: right and so it was a joyous moment at least Mm. when i saw it but i have that snapshot saved in my head from i don't know decades ago right when i saw you know somebody carrying both Mm. one in the front one in the rear (laughs) (laughs) uh fuck all right um We're going to take a break. We usually take a a 10-minuter, and so I'm going to play you some music. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the coming AIRS. That's right, AIRS. Damn. And peakless. Yes, it is Beard Talk Live. The telephone number is 603 283 6160. Hey man, look at me rocking now. I'm on the internet. Something like that. Uh, we have previously spoken about. Pogonophile? Pognophile? Something. It's a lover of beards that I can't pronounce, apparently. Uh, We talked a lot about this article from, of all places, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, describing what can only be uh, the most dystopian software ever to potentially launch, uh, proposing to... uh, uh, you know, it's open source for any government to join and then it can be customized to fit their unique brand of tyranny, <laughs> which is just one of the most preposterous things I think I've ever read. Uh, and as I promised, I wanted to talk about something that I can only call the AIRS. Um, you all, the listeners, and I'm sure even Peakless Mountaineers familiar with The acronym IRS, the government agency that has or claims that they are part of that particular acronym. Uh, Well, imagine if uh, AI was determining who should and shouldn't be audited, (laughs) because that's about to happen. Do I have to, Captain? What? Do I have to imagine it? No. Before we talk about this, though, I let's, was hoping
3: I'd have to imagine it because it didn't exist.
1: Let's let's correct a thing that we didn't do in the first half of the yeah, show.
3: First and foremost,
1: fuck, fuck the, the FCC. FCC. That's right. Uh, and then also, shit, shit piss, piss, fuck, cunt, cunt cocksucker, cocksucker, motherfucker, motherfucker and, and tits. Uh, just to get those out of the way uh we exist because fuck the FCC uh and <laughs> claim to own the air mm. right and uh, and now and that the FAA too by the way now that we've
3: <laughs> uh claimed our right to speak fuck the IRS
1: yeah uh if you uh just uh put the all the words together it spells theirs that's that's how they operate it's theirs everything's theirs no nope, you haven't paid it's it's theirs yeah they're gonna take it mm-hmm. here they come they are the proverbial. It's, it's theirs. The IRS. We
3: will allow you to exist in this place where we could kill you, but you will give us whatever we ask, and uh, we'll call it asking.
1: <laughs> Tax enforcement crackdown using AI is the headline. The Internal Revenue Service has announced that thanks to a new funding boost, it's launching a sweeping historic tax enforcement initiative using artificial intelligence and other cutting-edge technologies to catch tax evaders more effectively. There is a sea change taking place at the IRS in every aspect of our operations, said the IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel which notes that the tax agency has completed a top-to-bottom review of its enforcement efforts and is girding to catch people, quote, abusing the nation's tax laws, unquote, thanks in part to cutting-edge tech. So uh, there's way more to this. But, like, here's another case of a software company designing something specifically for government use. Mm. Right, That's their cash cow. Like, you know, software has reached such a state of specialization that there are now software companies that specialize in developing software for governments. Yup. Like, that's a double-edged sword, man. I don't, like, I, I, I can go horribly wrong or incredibly well. I'm not really sure which.
3: Well... It's fire, man. We just are inventing new forms of fire left and right. And <laughs> pouring a bunch of gas on the IRS. Well, I mean we keep inventing these things that are powerful and power now can this is be used more like, for good or ill.
1: Yeah, this is more like the IRS getting uh what do you call it? Um when the cars go fast, the nitrous. Yeah. You go, Right? The the street street racers, you know, the race car guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a sea of change taking place at the IRS on every level. We, we talked about that. Uh, the changes will be driven with the help of improved technology as well as artificial intelligence that will help IRS compliance teams better detect tax cheating, identity emergency compliance threats, and improve case selection uh, tools to avoid burdening taxpayers with needless no-change audits, Werfel said. So apparently... Uh, within the IRS currently there's a problem called no change audits where like needless the, they, no change needless, oddless, yeah, audits yeah, yeah yeah there there's a problem needless no change audits right well if they're needless don't do them just right. stop them right right there's there was no and need for it what them. a
3: fine uh uh orwellian way of saying cuz with orwell it was always about the double speak yeah you know what a fine Orwellian way of saying, yeah, we totally fucked up your life. And it was, I mean, we didn't actually need you to do anything. I, I don't. We're just, you know,
1: because we could. I don't pretend to know what a needless no change audit might be. I, I assume it means that somebody was audited and then audited again, and their status was fine both times is what I'm guessing happened, and that apparently is a problem in the IRS for for there to be no status change, at least what I'm led to believe by reading these words in front of me here. Uh, <laughs> identity emerging compliance threats. Yeah. Needless no-change audits. You're right. The new enforcement thrust is said to focus on higher-earning Americans and big corporations, comma, with the IRS pledging not to increase audit rates for people earning less than $400,000 per year. So don't worry, common man, if you earn less than $400,000 per year, which I'm assuming is most people.
3: Mm. (laughs) And I'm sure that $400,000 a year will be worth exactly as much as it is now forever.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, that won't be true.
3: Oh wait, no, no, Uh, it'll only go up by 2%
1: ever. That's also not true. (laughs) It's not based on the last, I don't know, four years or so, man. Holy fuck. Uh, So this has been an oft-repeated promise in the face of Republican assertions that working-class taxpayers would be subjected to tougher enforcement thanks to the tens of billion dollars in additional IRS funding. As part of the new enforcement crackdown, the tax agency said that it would prioritize cases involving taxpayers earning over $1 million dollars. But with recognized tax debt of more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So again, common man, numbers, big, big numbers, not you, supposedly. Mm. The IRS said that as it expands its effort to target higher earning Americans, it has already identified sixteen hundred or so millionaires who owe hundreds and who owe hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes. <laughs> oh in part thanks to the deployment of cutting edge technology. So they've they've already <clears throat> been using some cutting edge technology to identify where somebody should have paid more mm-hmm. than they did or something and like you know now they they have made the list and you might be on it if you're one of these uh, 1600 or so millionaires on this list. Yeah, so a no change audit happens when
3: taxpayers substantiate the income deductions and credits they claimed On their tax returns. So it's when they make you prove your shit. So they've. So if they don't need to make you prove it and they make you prove it, it's literally the one way that they can fail at their job. (laughs) Like, how the fuck did you manage to find someone (laughs) that really just did not need to prove that they made the deductions that they made?
1: Mm. I mean. Uh, As a part of the new enforcement crackdown. The tax agency, no, we already covered that. Uh, The IRS said that as it expands, no, we remember that. The IRS AI facelift, here we go. The IRS said it expects AI tools to help boost tax enforcement of large partnerships in particular. To that end, complex computer algorithms have already been used by the agency to assist with identifying targets for tax enforcement. The IRS said that cutting-edge machine learning technology has already played a role in helping the agency flag and open investigations into 75 of the largest partnerships in the United States, each with over $10 billion in assets on average. Uh, we've been spying on you, keeping track of you, and uh, you haven't been paying us enough, is the uh, the layman's translation for what I just read. Uh, with the help of AI, the selection of these returns is the result of groundbreaking collaboration amongst experts in data science and tax enforcement, who have been working side-by-side to apply cutting-edge machine learning technology to identify potential compliance risk in the areas of partnership tax, general income tax, and accounting, and international tax in a taxpayer segment that historically has been subject to limited examination coverage, the IRS said in the announcement. So, they like, we haven't been enforcing a bunch of stuff, but we're going to start. Right? Mm-hmm. The Inflation Reduction Act that President Joe Biden signed into law in 2022 initially included around $80 billion to expand the IRS budget over 10 years, drawing Republican ire that some of that money would go to hiring an army of tax enforcers who would reach for low-hanging fruit and target ordinary Americans rather than wealthier, more financially sophisticated taxpayers who are trickier to audit. That 80 billion in additional funding has since been pared down to around 60 billion, due to the debt ceiling deal uh, struck. Blah 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 blah, which clawed back uh, 10 billion in each of the calendar's years uh, as part of the reduction. Uh, part of the money being pumped into the IRS is to give it a technological facelift. So, how much was it? They got 60 billion dollars to hmm. throw at you know some software company, right? Some AI, right? Some combination of the some software company with AI. Let's let's do some deep dives with data analysis. What what's your organization? They basically they hired the consultants from office space. Mm-hmm. They got the bobs to come in, and the bobs are software companies with some AI. And they're like, mm-hmm. "Yep, yep, yep. Oh, you see that guy over there? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's redundant. You don't need him. You know,
3: I'm yep. a people person.
1: <laughs> why don't the <laughs> why don't the engineers uh, hand the paper to the salesman themselves?"
3: Well, well, I'd provide a vital contact between those points.
1: Uh, uh, So, uh, anyway, uh, part of the money being pumped is to give it a facelift as outlined in a 150-page strategic operating plan, they have a link to the PDF here, released in April that promises to use some of the funds to deliver cutting-edge technology, data, and analytics to operate more effectively. Mr. Werfel said in a memo to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, that part of what is now the $60 billion cash infusion would buy artificial intelligence tools that technology and data advances will allow us to focus enforcement on taxpayers trying to avoid taxes rather than taxpayers trying to pay what they owe. What they just said, if you missed it, ladies and gentlemen, is previously they had been targeting taxpayers trying to pay what they owe. So if you put effort into like paying your taxes uh, and you got it wrong, they were targeting you. Yeah. Previously. But yeah. they're saying now they won't do that. They're going to do it the other way. Now.
3: Wait, they, they have called in the tech guys and now they will stop targeting the ones who are doing it exactly right. It Like, wow. Like, but, how bad at your job do you have to be to be targeting the
1: ones who are obedient? This may be the um the next, I mean the most, uh, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to try and read it, and you'll know when I say try in a minute. In the plan, the IRS focused mostly on the customer service aspects of the technology boost, pledging to improve the taxpayer experience by introducing chatbots, online portals, and electronic notice responses. All right, so every other organization on the face of the earth has had this for a couple of decades Mm -hmm. (laughs) the irs is proud to announce that they're catching up to windows 95 (laughs) (laughs) congratulations the irs focus on customer service (laughs) yeah i bet you're focused on the customer service
3: Well. Okay, so one of the more interesting things about uh, LSD and the legal system (laughs) is that you cannot possibly uh, prosecute LSD possession because it could be fucking anywhere. Like a thin enough layer of LSD could be anywhere that shadow touches because keeping it out of the sun is necessary for it to not break down, but you would literally have to test it with a drug kit. And in the same way, we've moved to a world where that is true of money. Like, anywhere that you can hide a piece of data can either be or be part of the necessary information to unlock any amount of value in whatever language.
1: Yeah, It is It is another version, I think, of, of the flippening, right? Like, it used to be, when I was growing up, you were way freer than you are now, right? When I was uh, a kid. Uh, And, uh, you know, if something got out of hand, right, somebody would, you know, turn you in somehow or snitch on you or something if you did something bad. Uh, And then you, you know, fall into it with the law enforcement, right? Uh, And that's how that generally worked out. And the flippening of that is that now uh, you are being watched at every moment of every day in almost every conceivable way, Uh, There are sensors inside of these magic rectangles. These magic rectangles are in everybody's houses and cars and uh, all that kind of stuff. So they're just everywhere. There's cameras everywhere you go. There's media being played. There's media being made everywhere you go. Right. We exist in a very noisy fucking world. Um, And so uh, you're being monitored until you do something wrong. Right. That's the flippening, right? It used to be you were just not monitored, and then if you did something wrong, maybe some intervention would happen. Now the intervention is preventative, right? And that's the part that should be the most, uh, I I don't know, like heart-wrenching, I guess, uh, to talk about. But it's true. That is what has occurred. And, like, yes, my heart is wrenched. Yeah. So, Minority report, man. Yeah. Pre-crime. Yeah. And to punish before there is a transgression. Right. B- just by monitoring. Yeah. Right. That in and of itself uh, is a form of torture. Yeah. Right. Uh, to to have no privacy whatsoever. Right. Like, like yeah. Fuck man. Like they don't even need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. If you just have a magic rectangle in your pocket and you get a, like a big store like a Walmart or a Best Buy or some shit like that. And you just walk around. They know that you're there, mm-hmm. right? Because your phone pings the uh, the antenna or the Wi-Fi or whatever, and, and people be like, oh, there's another phone. They don't need your IP address or anything like that. They just know that there's a phone there, and they know that that phone is real close to that rack of women's undergarments or whatever the fuck you're standing next mm-hmm. to, right? Uh, or not standing next to. Oh, well, he have went you to the. the- have you, seen, the, mm, go ahead. have you seen the pictures that they can generate
3: based on the, the uh, Wi-Fi? Maps. Yeah, the heat maps. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, just the Wi-Fi, they can analyze, uh, thanks AI, again, yep. uh, the different wavelengths, uh, cancel out the the ones that are steady, and they can generate a three-dimensional image of the entire room. Oh, yeah. through uh, Using Wi-Fi, Like, in right, real yeah. time. Yeah. And everything moving in it. Yeah.
1: So... You are monitored in so many ways. There's cameras everywhere, more than there has ever been. Uh, The former uh, USSR, Soviet Union, uh, they would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys have all this. You must be gods, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because of the amount of that kind of shit that exists now. Um, So uh, apparently-
3: It's a a double-edged sword, man. It's the Eye of Sauron at the same time that it's liberating us.
1: The agency, I believe they're talking about the IRS, also said in the plan that it expects its technology-driven enforcement to boost tax collections and revenue for government programs because, you know, they're printing it, but yet they still need to collect more from you. The plan is now fast becoming a reality, according to Mr. Werfel's latest remarks on September 8th. The nation relies on the IRS to collect funding for every critical government mission. From keeping our skies safe, our food safe, and our homeland safe. That's a quote from Mr. Werfel. It's critical that the agency addresses fundamental gaps in tax compliance that have grown during the last decade, he added. According to IRS estimates, taxpayers in America pay around 85% of the total taxes they owe, with the difference between what is owed and what is paid, known as the tax gap. Or some would say your mom, huh? hmm. joke. Huh? I make joke. Between the years 2014 and 2016, the IRS estimated that the annual tax gap was around 496 billion dollars. Treasury said in a note on the IRS strategic operating plan that a lack of modern digital tools had negatively impacted the various aspects of the IRS operations. That the agency would see its technology continue to be improved in the years to come in part to help enforce more tax laws. Beside expanding the high income and large partnership compliance, other key elements of the IRS new enforcement initiative include prioritizing digital assets, uh, something called FBAR, foreign bank and financial accounts, violation and labor brokers. As part of the enforcement push, the IRS is expanding its digital assets compliance campaign, targeting taxpayers involved in digital currency transactions. The move comes in the wake of last month's release of proposed regulations regarding broker reporting for digital assets. Quote, We need to make sure digital assets are not used to hide taxable income, and the proposed regulations are designed to provide a clear line of sight, into activities by high-income people as well as others using them, Mr. Werfel said. The IRS said Friday that initial reviewers of taxpayer compliance in the digital currency sector have raised concerns with a potential non-compliance rate as high as 75% amongst taxpayers they identified through record production from digital currency exchanges. So they've already got records from a bunch of digital currency exchanges. They've looked at the records And they believe that 75% of the people involved in uh, digital currency uh, are non-compliant with taxes. Hmm. Imagine that. (laughs) So they just want to be sure that, you know, people aren't, you know, they're pointing at their palms, (laughs) you know, like, where's my cut, bitches? Right? All
3: right, fine, this- $600 billion to f- get an AI that is going to tell us what the fuck is going on on these blockchains.
1: Th- this is really, I mean, like, this is government going, my cut, bitches. Pay. Pay. You got to pay the Don. Mm. Right? The IRS is is the, he's, the, you know, Bruno with the bat going to take your kneecaps out if you don't pay. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why they're so desperate to get a CBDC is because they know how that can work they have no idea if they can manage to monitor this technology they are actively offering a reward for figuring out a way to track through uh, monero's privacy feature
1: accordingly the agency is looking to increase the number of digital asset cases it develops for compliance work going forward also, the IRS is turning its attention toward F-bar violations, whatever that is, especially among high-income taxpayers. Uh, under current regulations, U.S. individuals with a financial interest in foreign financial accounts exceeding $10,000 must file an FBAR to disclose their holdings and related taxes. Uh, that's uh, foreign bank and financial accounts. So it doesn't make an acronym at all. Uh, I know. Okay. Uh, Recent IRS analysis of multi-year filing patterns has identified hundreds of potential FBAR non-filers, many of whom maintain account account balances averaging over $1.4 million. Sorry, here we are. Uh, Foreign Bank Account Report. Okay. There you go. Uh, The IRS said it has also identified a concerning trend in the construction industry where some contractors make payments to apparent subcontractors through, quote, Shell, unquote, companies that lack legitimate business relationships. I, I don't understand that. The, the IRS has identified a concerning trend in the construction industry where contractors make payments to subcontractors through shell companies that lack legitimate business. So, I mean, you can't hire people through another company? I don't understand what they're saying
3: anyway oh uh so shell companies are basically where you dump bad assets or uh where you uh disguise other transactions okay it's uh it's absolutely vital to the uh, money laundering scheme of politicians
1: but when construction like if you don't have shell companies then you
3: it. you don't have ways to like dump all of the criminalities
1: I mean if construction companies don't have this then when government murders people and you know, takes them off the street and they disappear. Uh, They got to give them to somebody somewhere to bury. Mm -hmm. And my guess would be these construction workers, right? You know, they're going to do that kind of work, right, if Mm -hmm. you pay them, right? So to me, that's a symbiotic relationship there. They want to keep those construction workers able, right? They want to go the other way if they want to continue to have that uh, relationship with, you know, whenever they murder somebody, if they need, you know, someone to bury them or whatever.
3: Oh, I assume they uh, would... Uh, hire from within for that. I mean, you don't want anyone who doesn't have clearance burying your bodies.
1: Uh, to tackle this issue, the IRS plans to expand its scrutiny in this area with a combination of civil audits and criminal investigations. While the IRS new enforcement plan makes no mention of additional staffing, the $60 billion in extra funding has already bolstered the IRS ranks substantially with hiring up around 13 percent over the past year, hitting a decade high of nearly 90,000 employees. Mm. The IRS said earlier that it had plans to hire 20,000 people from, for over the next two years, with about one third of them earmarked for tax enforcement. Make of that what you will. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they're gonna—they're just gonna go like, "Hey, AI." Uh, here's a set of data, right? Go find us, you know, all the individuals who made, you know, over X amount, you know, in that year, who Mm. claimed this, who claimed that, you know, or, hey, AI, read some of this tax code, find us some people who owe money, Mm. right? Now, if it's the right AI, the AI is going to go, sorry, nobody owes you anything. (laughs) (laughs) This is factually or logically, uh, you know, uh, improbable, right?
3: Well, that's all about how you train your AI. If you train it to recognize that, then it'll recognize
1: that. You don't think uh, AI would begin to recognize that of its own volition as it became sentient? Um, they're not that kind of AI. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind what, of... That's what people are afraid of, right? When you talk about AI, yeah, they, they're like, oh, you mean these Like they're going to be smarter than us. And it's like, I don't think that's going to happen, no, really.
3: No, no. Uh, There's a flexibility from a uh, parallel organic structure that so far is not even theoretically duplicatable in uh, a binary structure.
1: I think a personal assistant AI uh, is a uh, home run hitter. If there's any young developers out there, some hotshot kids with some fucking code skills and the right AI, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that would be a market market knockout. Mm -hmm. I'm nobody. I mean, like, I'm not nobody, but like, Uh (sighs) who am I? You're Captain Kickass. Who are you?
3: Pickless Mountaineer. All right. What's the name of the show? Beard Talk Live. All right. And uh I have a tinfoil hat moment. So okay. we just hit the uh thirty three uh trillion uh uh national debt. Yes. Yeah. So thirty three is a uh, gang tag for the uh, Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Oh. Uh, it's you know uh, 32 uh, spinal call uh, 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 32 yeah bits of your spine plus your skull is the 33rd and it's like two threes and they're all about the threeness yeah. So if some weird ass shit happens right about now, it's probably something that they're causing. Oh, okay. Well, you know in the financial world. Because that's the thing, like uh, it, it's competing forces, right? So it's all these, uh, you know, little in the know uh, clubs, but they're all competing against each other. And just like, you know, a, a bunch of people fighting over drug territory, they will tag an area to say, this is ours. Right. Yeah. This is our turf. Right. Yeah.
1: That's what like, flags are.
3: Yeah. Uh, September 11th and 9 11. Like, yeah, the, mm-hmm. this is part of the tagging process which was also when, like, the Pentagon and those buildings were founded.
1: I like to call it the pentagram. Yeah. Like, it's more accurate. Although, you know, I don't want to offend the rock, the metal band Slayer either. Like, I kind of feel like that's their turf. Ah, get it? Yeah. All right. I did all that at once. <sighs> Should we do this? Hmm. All right, let's do it. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this?
5: Hey, yo. Hey, Captain Dumbass. Hey, Clueless Mountaineer.
1: Clueless hey, uh, Mountaineer. I presume you've prepared new insults for us this evening.
5: Mm. Yes, yes, I have. Hey, hey, turn on your camera. I need to kill my boner. <laughs> hey, Captain. Hey, man, this is the first time I heard your music on the break, man. Uh, what's your band called? System of a Down Syndrome? <laughs>
1: Solid. Oh. All right, keep going.
5: Hey, hey, did you know uh, your boy, your boy's also a metalhead? You ever hear of a band called uh, Creed?
1: Well, oh, I know I've never heard of Creed. How
5: about Linkin Park? Yeah, I hate this What about guys? baby metal?
1: Oh, I really hate <laughs> baby metal. Holy fuck. I really do. They're the most Everybody annoying thing they're the most annoying band to ever like put metal (laughs) in their name they really are i hate baby metal you know what would be worse than baby metal is baby metal and led zeppelin like on repeat that -hmm. would be torture uh
5: not everyone can have good taste sorry sorry captain yeah i know hey everybody listening hey pay your taxes don't end up like ian don't and if you pay your taxes you won't have to worry about artificial they can
3: accuse anyone anyone of not paying their taxes and they will get sentenced. Say that again. They can accuse anyone of not paying their taxes, and they will get sentenced.
5: Well, as long as you have a paper trail, you're okay, right? <laughs> like I don't have anything to worry about. I pay my taxes. I don't put myself at uh, at senseless
1: risk. Of uh, getting we just we just went over this. They they already admitted that previously they had been doing nothing but targeting people who attempted to follow the rules and pay what they owe. That's their general well, target most of the time. They just, we just read about it. Yeah, they, yeah, they literally they just promised to update people, so to not to doing that. that. No, you do need to worry about it because they're still doing it. They haven't changed.
5: Yeah, but low-income people like you guys don't have anything to worry about. You guys have, like, less than a 1% chance of getting audited. Actually, I the, doubt, hey, I the fact that.
3: that they target the lower income is uh, long, long proven. Uh you have I, to be are, below are a certain can... income to be uh worth the time and the people yeah. of a high enough income are just like it, it's a huge investment of time and sometimes it pays off for them and a lot of times it doesn't so they just
1: do or, the, um... they do low hanging fruit yeah government's just a mafia going where's my cut
5: yeah that's it. They're not. They're not a mafia, man. They they provide services which you accept. So does the Service, mafia. The mafia. Contract, mafia provides well, you, services. You, you they're going to protect Marco, you from shit, right? Remember?
1: And in fact, mafia actually uh, follows through on no, their promises no. far more frequently under, than government does. You don't
5: understand. You don't understand the services you pay for. You pay to be a cog. I don't the US pay
1: to, to to do anything. The only thing I pay for is so that I don't get thrown in a fucking cage and threatened no, by men with no. guns. That's why you I pay. pay I pay, pay under duress. They take economy. taxes. I do not pay taxes.
5: You are worthless on a deserted island. You need an economy to be a <laughs> part of. You are, everybody is a cog in a machine. He, he thinks I, I have
1: no survival skills for some reason. And that's what you're you know? paying for. You, you, haven't, you haven't learned Dude, anything about find, me at all.
3: If I could find a deserted island that would stay a deserted island where they'd leave me the fuck alone, yeah, I'd probably go there. Invite my friends. It'd be that. awesome. Well, But no, they're going to fuck Mark with me there, too. And
5: they're going to say, you owe Wh- us a part you, of what you're why doing. Don't you go to, why don't you go to Liberland or Morzon with Mark?
1: Oh, look what happened you? to them, right?
5: Yeah, yeah how's that going so fucking society? far? Why don't you build and Antapestan Ant- Ant- from the ground up instead of trying to... Why don't you stop
1: advocating for violence to get your way, right? It's not violence. You are forcing your preference upon other people when you cast your vote you are forcing your preference upon other people you're saying i want people Isn't to behave to in this way and so now Isn't i'm do i'm do voting with i'm putting you on hold i'm voting to point the gun at this subset of people that is what you are doing and so i would never use uh like my i would never force you to my preference right i i have said that i'm going to live as an individual who will live by consent only, right? I decided that some time ago, right? Long time ago. But nonetheless, I decided that that's how I'm going to live my life. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, look. He, I suggest. He has, a, he has a very good point that uh, uh, no man is an island, that we do need each other, and we need to be in a, uh, a fellowship with each other. And his only imagination is a fellowship with each other that is founded on violence, and look, it's like a marriage. You can have a marriage that is based on you beating the shit out of your wife when she steps out of line.
1: He hasn't been able to hear or, any of this on hold.
3: Or you can have a
1: a partnership. Well, I mean, uh, everything should be done voluntarily, person to person, on a contractual basis. Right. right. That's it. Right. We have the technology, we have the ability, I mean, the communication network, look, et cetera, and so on.
3: if uh, If you are taking
1: advantage of someone with a contract, you got the contract wrong. Yeah, there has never been a better time to advocate for being the president of yourself. Right? For taking responsibility for yourself fully as a person. Right? If you see something on TV and it makes you go, man, somebody should fly some planes over there and bomb their ass. No, 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 no. If that's how you feel about that area you get yourself a plane and go bomb their ass, mm. right? You get off your ass and take whatever it is you're feeling, and put action into it. Otherwise, shut the fuck up, right? Because uh, you need to cooperate with people to get along, right? And also to make something like that happen would take, you know, years and years of, you know, all sorts of things. In a voluntary society, it would never happen. But in a non-voluntary society, well, we got, uh, I mean, has the bombing ever stopped? Never. Not in my lifetime. No, no. It literally has never stopped. Like,
3: if you look at America's history, uh, I think we've had, like, I mean, depending on exactly how you count it, we've had, like, three years where we weren't actually at war. Um, Skeeter, are you them, still there? Uh, one of them was the uh, the putting down the trade unions.
1: I guess Skeeter hung up. All right. He probably didn't like being on hold. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm okay with that.
3: It doesn't like conversation.
1: Um, where were
3: we? I don't know. Talking about conversation. I was over here. Where were you? Well, I was talking about uh, how the United States government has been at war its entire fucking existence. Right. So it's never stopped. Yeah. Sometimes so. it makes war on its own people. Like, yeah, you know how we have this, you know, really fucked up trade union thing going on now where it's basically just another government program, just like the corporations? Well, there was a time where they were voluntary and voluntary unions were such a fucking danger that they had to be put down with Pinkertons. Mm -hmm. Like we had to hire mm, fucking mercenaries to beat the shit out of you, shoot the right people, like war on the people within yep so yeah i don't i I do know that they can wage war on new hampshire and i know what that looks like yeah and there's an easy way to do this it's slower but it's more profitable
1: i mean i am like the most anti-war person like i mean i don't know maybe there's some you know i i say that and just i feel strongly about being anti-war it's the it's the basis of why I came to voluntarism, you know, consensualism, whatever you want to call it, individualism, mm-hmm. uh, anarchism, voluntarism, you know, whatever ism you want to throw at it, like just being a peaceful person is my number one priority. I will defend myself, of course, but I want to do everything through consent uh, and peaceable means cooperatively, right? And uh, I am forced uh, by many ways uh, to violate my own personal philosophy against my will. Right. Uh, And so if I can correct that in some way, then I think humankind will benefit from it. You know, if we can point people towards that as sort of the basis of how to live your life. Right. Start there. Start with peaceable, voluntary interaction with your fellow humans. You know. Um, It works, man. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And for fuck's sake, even a maniac like Skeeter should at least recognize that we deserve a shot at it. I mean, fuck, we've tried all of these other insane things. How about we try something sane for once? And I'm like, oh no, we just need to try communism bigger. We just need more of it. And then we will bring about the utopia. Or no, we just need to do this particular one theology, uh fucking putting people to death at will bigger (laughs) worldwide like now actually we just need this little corner over here where you just leave a few of us the fuck alone most of the time
1: well i mean yes that's a good start but i also think that that should sort of just be the default (laughs) right i think that like wouldn't that be lovely like everybody's born anarchist and atheist until people start lying to them well,
3: you're not exactly atheist.
1: You, uh, non-theist, possibly agnostic, uh, skeptic, agnostic. Even everyone's born sort of uh, skeptical and logical. Either way, uh, you you either get imprinted with a religion thanks to your parents, or you choose one thanks to you know choice, right? Self, what do you call it? What do you call it when you choose stuff for yourself? Uh, whatever. Anyway, there's a word for it. I can't find it. Oh, a heretic. No, no, no. When you, uh, free will. Free will. That's the phrase I was looking for. Not a word. Anyway, so uh, that's how you get to religion. But how do you get to statism? Well, it's the the lottery of birth, right? It's just (laughs) like wherever you happen, whatever plot of land you happen to be uh, born on, whatever government exists, you are forced to take. You don't get a choice. They don't ask for your consent. They didn't ask me. They ask you. Did they ask for your consent? Ladies and gentlemen, did they ask for yours? Did you ever sign a thing? Did they ever come to you and present to you uh, the idea of government and then go, if you just sign here, we can just get everything started for you, okay? No, they never did that. Ask yourself why.
3: It's almost like it was one of those ideas that you need to force on people.
1: So I am anti-war because people like, you shouldn't be taking, I don't want my life's effort my money if you will to be taken and put toward murdering other people i am a conscientious objector to taxation because of that i should i none of my life effort i wish to go to murdering other people none i want 0% of my life's effort and that's not possible because they're taking it from me so i don't pay taxes they take taxes right that's how it works yeah right The beginning of wisdom is
3: to call things by their proper terms that's not given given is a beautiful thing like when you choose to give of what's yours what is taken
1: is an ugly thing man if you had to like you know write a check every month uh, for the amount of tax that you actually pay i'm not just talking about like you know what you make on your paycheck but you know whatever you get you know there's a bunch of tax taken out of that and then you go and you buy stuff all week long or two weeks, however long it is between times you get paid. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you repeat the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to write a check for the amount of tax for all of that at the end of every month, you'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. This is fucking dumb. I shouldn't have to pay any of this. So.
3: Uh, yeah, and that's the the part that's going to be absolutely unavoidably obvious is the difference in service that we're going to receive when everything moves to the 80% instead of the 20% on this 80-20 rule. Yeah. Because it's really just that fucking simple. When you add choice to the equation, it flips the Matthew principle on its head. That's how it works. Because decentralizing the decision means you're adding the power of a network. And a computer network is always going to be more powerful than a computer.
1: Yeah. Duh. I saw something about, I didn't, I don't have another article or anything. I saw something about uh, uh, robot police in a, I don't know, a subway or a, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they have these, they look like, do you remember Weebles? Yeah. Weebles wobble, they don't fall down. It's this yeah. big, like, almost egg-looking thing. Uh-huh. It kind of looks like a cartoon of a fat cop. <laughs> <laughs> in a way. <laughs> you know but you know there it is nonetheless and it's got it's painted in like police (sighs) colors it's got like a little badge where its shoulder you know would be if it were the height of a man you know what i mean so it's kind of wearing like a shirt kind of a thing and it's creepy as fuck man i don't want robot police yeah you know yeah they've already got them fucking robot dogs and robot humanoids i don't like Uh, it when
3: the humans act all robotic I certainly don't need you sending actual, literal fucking robots. But didn't we always see that shit going?
1: Well, at the same time, watching a bunch of sci-fi, I'm like, oh, man, I could really use like a robot maid. Mm. You know, uh, the Jetsons, right? Oh, yeah. uh, whatever the hell that character's name was. Rosie. Rosie, thank you. Uh, you know, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and then what, what do we got now? We got the Rumba. <laughs> <laughs> Rumba? Rumba? Rumba?
3: Well for what it's worth, I'm sure it's a pretty easy technology to make your Roomba talk to you as Rosie. Matter of fact, I'm I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you would need to do. Just take one of those uh Amazon y things you talk into, put it on your Roomba, and tell it
1: to do this. Yeah, they're already uh, Alexa compatible, programmable, go. and all that kind of yeah. There's so much shit, man. I've seen some electronic stuff recently that's like fully compatible with alexa and i'm like oh christ so you're gonna take a thing one day you're gonna have like a device on you that's compatible with like alexa and you don't have alexa anywhere and then you're gonna go to somebody's house and they have alexa and it's gonna be like hey captain or some shit right it's Hmm. gonna like welcome your ass uh even though uh they should have had no idea you were coming over that's gonna be creepy as fuck humanoid fucking robot servants, man. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Like what will people do? <laughs> right? People need projects, man. They need to be kept busy, right? What will people do if robots are doing all the shit? All the fun shit. Like what? Art?
3: Yeah. Music? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Right. We'll be doing art and music and literally inventing new mm-hmm. games and new instruments.
1: And new ways of doing art. What do you think will happen to uh, science? Like, I think if government gets the fuck out of the way, uh, mankind is immediately building uh, spaceships to go and live uh, outside of planet Earth. I mean, the They're already kind of doing that, but there'd be an explosion of that type of The explosion of wealth is literally
3: unimaginable. I mean, you've basically got the constraints of physics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we only know some about that. So who the fuck knows? Because the lion's share of human potential has been siphoned off. Like, that's what happens when you don't allow prices to fall. You siphon off all of the benefits of technology from the people who are causing them. For banks to fail. Yeah. And now we're going to see all of that siphoned energy go back where it belongs the 8020 uh principle is going to flip on its head in the entire world and what humanity is going to produce with that kind of wealth is scarcely imaginable from where we are now
1: it will be like science fiction it unimaginable science fiction i mean
3: the question is not, will uh, uh, we reach Harry Potter? It's how long before we reach Harry Potter. <laughs>
1: uh, you know what my favorite insult that's ever been hurled at me for being a fan of science fiction? Mm. Uh, well, you and your friends have fun and you're got I
3: love the doctor. Yeah. Because we- he's right there between science fiction and magic yeah what with literally having a wand
1: yeah that's a little phallic for me <laughs> uh, just waving well, his wand
3: all over the universe well <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: deep down humans love fire in fairness uh, before I'm trying to remember when the second generation of that show started 2009 maybe was when the, the, the newest you know rebooted Doctor Who started mm-hmm. uh, they took a little bit of a break for a minute uh, but the 1.0 version, um, he did have the sonic screwdriver and it was cool, but mm. it wasn't overused uh. like it became in the next generation of Doctor Who. It literally, because that sort of gained popularity uh, popularity during the Harry Potter phase as well also a british production right mm-hmm. uh, it just became the you know the Harry Potter version of doctor who where now he has a magic wand and this magic wand suddenly does way more fucking shit than it ever did before well uh, i mean to be fair it's
3: the fundamental human myth like you have this thing that transforms reality and it's true fire has absolutely transformed our reality. Yeah. I mean, all of the things around you were forged from a very particular control of fire. And the light that fills this room in my voice right now, it's all just a very particular kind of fire that allows these uh, delicate instruments. And yeah, that's a fucking magic wand right there. So yeah, I can see why you're going to end up focusing on... On the question of, like, well, what can we do with this
1: thing? I just... In my opinion, it took over the show a little bit. He got himself out of situations where, you know, other versions of Doctor Who would have focused on him actually figuring out a solution Ugh. and how to deliver it, instead of pointing the magic wand at it to solve <sighs> it. No, my greatest disappointment is that he did once just promise that bit, he would look right? into the government. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it, like, they carried got carried away a little bit not a lot they got carried away a little bit uh, mm. enough that over time after i rewatched every episode two or three times right i was like yeah i could have done with a little less of the harry potter magic wand pointing because it was very harry potter ask you could tell like mm. uh and so that's my only real disappointment in the reboot other than uh what's the, what's well, the and that's name? why i liked
3: matt smith as much as i did because they'd gone in that much of a fantasy direction, and I like it when you use a, a different genre to tell a, a genre's tale. Like uh, a lot of the Firefly is uh, uh, science fiction telling the story of the Western. Right. Yeah. Like the the idea of the Western. It's it's Space it's Western. actually part of an older tradition, which is the the frontier stories.
1: Spaghetti Western.
3: Right so wherever the far from civilization is you have stories about those things and this is using the advent of uh superior technology to tell that story
1: yeah i like firefly as a concept in in that there are you know outposts where trade just happens and you know it is anarchic in that respect Mm -hmm. when they go you know to these remote outposts these trading posts or whatever sometimes they go to planets and that kind of stuff too of course but like you know like all other, you know, series, these sci-fi series, usually there's some sort of a thing, a, a bazaar, a market, a creature cantina, right? These are the kinds of things that usually exist in science fiction movies and television. And, like, that's all I'm asking. Like, can we just freely trade with each other voluntarily and, like, pay for only the things we want? Can we do that? That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Right, let's all just do that from now on. <laughs> Well,
3: <laughs> it's gonna be a bumpy road, man. Road man, because people only get interested in the in the technologies of freedom at the worst time. Every single cycle, it goes they it, it goes yeah. through the happening, and then it gets overestimated in value, and all of a sudden, people are like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of money! What is it?" And it's like, guys, this is actually the worst possible time to get into this. But that's when they get in. And that's when everyone gives a shit about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is just going to fuel the exact same narrative of I lost everything because it's a scam. No, you were an idiot. (laughs) Like, hold on to it and then you don't lose everything. Yeah.
1: I know a couple of people that got into it when it was high. And then their value just went down and down and down, and they got rid of it eventually. And it went back up, and then they came back, and like, I should have never sold it. I'm like, I told you. Right. I told you, motherfucker. Hang on to this fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Right? Hodel. There's a reason. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I don't, I hate being that guy. I hate knowing people that, like, I told you so, right? Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, it, it irks me that I, you know,
3: and the ones who like oh i got into it it's scammed. it's like you poor bastards you're probably gonna get you're probably gonna get got again you're probably gonna go oh shit it's not a scam and then you're gonna think it's a scam again and there's this sliver that actually picks up on the technology and adds to it and uh, as a monetary technology and as a uh, like user interface because that's the next part that's going to grow yeah like they're still working out exactly which directions this is going to grow like level one level two uh side chains and drive chains and other coins and tokens or uh intercoin tokens and well at some point it actually reaches uh an orientation that is user-friendly
1: I was thinking that earlier when they were describing uh, the the Bill Gates uh, technology, right, uh, the system of, of tracking of human registering human beings that he proposes, all governments uh, are free to to use it. It's, it's open source. Feel free, governments, use Bill Gates' fucking software platform uh, to uh, you know enslave the rest of humanity. I guess, uh, but they were talking about how. Even in remote areas, off-grid areas, they had a QR code uh, that they could, uh, you know, like take somebody's photo, take their information down, you know, give them an ID card, generate a QR code so that later on, when they got back on grid, uh, they could officially register the human. Like, I don't even register, like, uh, you know, I bought a toaster, right? And they got, like, the thing you mail in, register, the warranty. I never fucking mail that in, Mm -hmm. right? I'm like... The toaster's like 20 bucks, man, if it goes out. And like, you know, I don't eat toast that often. I probably need one in my lifetime, right? So I got one. You know?
3: So here's one thing that gets me about that uh, article. How are they estimating the people that they don't see? Like, okay, if these people have no, like, paper trail, (laughs) how do you fucking know they're there? And more importantly how do you know that there's not a
1: shit ton more of them yeah i mean i was thinking that the uh the qr code off grid uh, on grid thing was akin to lightning network in in a way right like they have similar properties right like if you're making a payment on the lightning network you're literally using a side chain something off to the side of the blockchain right? a thing is recorded and then you know once it goes on chain You know, whenever it steps back into civilization, out of the forest or whatever, if it's off grid, then it conducts the transaction. That's Mm -hmm. that's the idea behind it. Um, And so that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, fuck, man, like, like they're literally making enslavement software. Mm -hmm. Like that's what this feels like to me. Yeah. Like here are the this is uh, the uh, not Orwell. What's the other game? Hmm? the brave, oh, uh, brave new world yeah uh soma and was all that, that shit huxley huxley yes yeah yeah uh it 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 feels like that to me we're like you know here's some open source software that yeah. any government can subscribe yeah. to
0: <laughs>
3: well it's uh they steal the real and sell the simulation You know, what we use to actually deal with each other is human relationships, including looking you like looking at your face and recognizing you by your face. Yeah. Well, they're stealing that. They're not letting you see each other. They're not. They're literally telling you you're not allowed to look at each other's faces. Yeah. So they're stealing the real and selling you this simulation. Oh, you will be in this community. Well, wait a second, I don't know one motherfucker there. Maybe that's not a community. Well, no, no, it's your community. See, we put the word community on it. You will, you will use these faces and interact with these numbers. Yeah, I... Won't it be convenient? And I, that's exactly it. It's sales techniques. It is, yeah. Like, your enslavement will not only be uh,
1: uh, cheered into place... It will be sold to you. You will... You will... mm, Yeah. You will think it's a good thing as you accept it. Because you can't see through it. That's the level of indoctrination most people have, I think. Most people, you know, 80-20 rule, something like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think it's literally 80 and 20. I mean, there's variation on both of those, but... I mean the people that got the jab is a pretty good indicator for what the numbers are on it.
1: Yeah, sadly.
3: I mean, it's a a, a pretty uh, statistically significant sample, I would say.
1: I'm still irked by the idea of the robot cop in the subway. I I don't like that. Uh, Well, so... (sighs) Way too many shits can go wrong, you know? When we reach the point that would they I, can
3: make those easily enough for them to become a problem, we will also have ways of making
1: things that foil them. Would uh, I be equally creeped out if it was just a, a robot that said security instead of like it was private security instead of you know police? Would I still be freaked out? Probably. I just don't like I don't like, you know, robots trying to like hey buddy, right? Like mm. trying to, you know, chump you up, get in your way. Hmm. right cock blocking whatever it is they're trying to do hmm. you know well and so that's the thing
3: there's really no telling what uh the free market will give us to uh interact seamlessly with security i mean uh for example maybe it is actually the best idea to have some robots running around and like occasionally like they didn't scan <laughs> your right. face right and they like you know say excuse me and like, so you turn to them and they get a good skin of your face and then they give you money. I mean, sure, it's really, it's a discount from what you're paying uh, for the security service, but you know, that might be what the free market gives us. Who's to say? I know this. If I have the choice, I will keep getting better
1: choices. More choices is more freedom. Yeah. And more freedom is more productivity. Can you imagine how pissed off people would be if they, if like, the government was like, there can only be vanilla ice cream from now on. Yeah. We've I mean, taken over the ice cream industry, and we're only going to make one flavor, and it's vanilla. That's it. That's all you're getting from now on. You know how upset and pissed off people would be?
3: Well, that depends on how they sell it. Because knowing this government, they'd make it a oh well, it's uh what what are they into? Are they into the nationalism this this week? Mm-hmm. Are they into ecology? Which which one which one are they biting on? I don't and then uh, selling only vanilla will be uh, an emblematic of that. And then they can stir up the other half that are totally following <laughs> the narrative to be no, we demand non vanilla flavor.
1: Oh man. Got to what do you call it? What's the movie? Idiocracy mm-hmm. in right my head. Camacho Mountain Dew <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm not gonna
3: try it. <sighs> yeah. Nope. Except i to try. Except
1: it. of course for the
3: problem that uh, the president doesn't actually wield power. The president distracts from power.
1: Yeah, it's the collective hallucination of authority that that gives him what you mistake as power yeah yeah if as if uh all of the people would you know wake up from their delusion uh then that individual or group of individuals would have zero power yeah like it it's that easy for everybody to just go no you know what not anymore not gonna listen to you gonna go live my life sorry thanks bye yeah turn turn your back on them everybody walk away at the same time yeah
3: yeah, that'd, be a great, just...
1: that'd be a great moment. Somebody make a movie about that, right? Make a movie about a point in time where just collectively hum- humankind decides over the internet there's some contest or something that goes awry <laughs> and goes viral and gets translated into all the countries around the world. And somehow the amazing set of circumstances are pulled off and everybody simultaneously turns their back on government the next day. Mm. I, want, I want to see a, a motion picture of that. All you creative motherfuckers out there. Dude, I seen an AI uh, video today, I can't remember what it was, and when I do, I'll post it for everybody to see on whatever my social medias or stuff. When I when I happen upon it next, it was amazing. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome, and it was just like some guy who, you know, is not a, a film producer or whatever, or well, who is, but like, not in the not in the traditional sense, and certainly not employed in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy who you know makes his videos at home and does it all within the digital realm. And it's fucking amazing, man. And I'm like, that not only looks great, it has a great message. It's a bit dark. I like it a bit dark, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it a lot. So, like, the ability to create right now is at an all-time high. Uh, I know that, at least with technology, right? Mm-hmm. Technology has come yeah. so far uh, in visual and audio, man, that, like, holy fuck, man. It is easier now to create than it has ever been mm-hmm. with the digital domain right yeah that's pretty cool
3: and i think to a large degree that is basically what's flipping is that because we've developed a a, a technology that is uh, anti-theft yeah the power of destroying is losing its place as easier on a fundamental level than the power of creating Yeah, which is part of why I think that, like, past a certain point, it's extremely difficult to even start to imagine what we're going to
1: make. I uh, I do think humankind can build its way out of this situation. Yeah, Uh, I don't think it's uh, that far fetched. Yeah, right. I think it's probably easier than we think it is, but it takes a large amount of people. Making a change and I know that Well when it comes to like social Change right like even like uh, I don't know like women's lib or uh, You know voting stuff Like that right when these social changes uh, You know sort of swept you know The end of slavery right these are social Changes right yeah um like they don't go quickly it's not you know it takes a minute for it to kick in Mm. you know a bunch of people got to get on board and get behind it and go point out constantly they got to get persecuted right so we're seeing all the hallmarks of an actual social change right Mm. people are coming together into geographic areas to try and either escape or get together and make it different uh, and also spread the word that hey this is an idea whose time has come yeah right
3: And it's something we were talking about off the air, but people can use a technology before they embody the philosophical underpinnings of the technology. Absolutely, Like uh, cars are an individualistic technology mm-hmm. and certainly it took a while for the USSR to get undermined by individualism, but it was. Yeah. And part of that was the ideas carried on the back of the technology. And the way that, it, that this is going to shift is very obvious. We don't use the stick. That's just not our method. So we use the carrot. So we're going to make everyone fabulously wealthy if they choose to be peaceful.
1: Well, I don't know about we. I'm not going to make everybody fabulously wealthy. Yes, you are. Uh, I, I mean, not directly. Well, actually, you are.
3: Do you uh, have any savings in the good money? I mean I prefer not to divulge this but I mean yeah of course right. I do. Uh, So by doing that you're making everyone who's holding that a little bit richer. And when you don't have a a constantly exploding money that yeah. actually matters.
1: Yeah it's true like a uh, uh, cryptocurrency uh for the first time uh, gives you the ability or the possibility I, you know I can't say for certain what's going to happen right? I can't predict the future but Cryptocurrency gives you the possibility of increasing your personal wealth uh, because you took a chance on a good idea, Uh, as opposed to how everybody else has gotten their wealth, uh, which is, of course, through conquest. Yeah. Right? So unlike your, your ancestors and your forefathers or your five or six fathers, I don't care how many fathers you got, uh, you know, it's the better way, right? A yeah. good idea is a much better uh, way than something that, like, you can only, you know, draw a negative to. Yeah. Well, and if you pay for a very
3: expensive education, go to law school and learn their version of property, you will learn that the foundation of it is conquest. Like, yeah. that is where that claim of property comes from, and that that's why that's where that system of determining what is whose property is so woefully ineffective in the face of a property system that's based on peace instead of conquest. Like, you literally don't have to set on fire the thing that you want to have. Turns out that's more efficient. Yeah, instead of that, you can cultivate in everyone who has any ability to be peaceful their most effective creative self.
1: I think too many people mistake uh, the organization calling themselves government for uh, an organization of charity, and and it is not. It is an anti-human organization in almost every way, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know people are always going to be like well the little old ladies on their social security check you know there's enough money through the sale of whatever assets the government currently claims uh, to cover all of that to it's you know till you know whoever joins it today you know gets off of it right just stop it of course but like there's enough money there for that to be all handled just need some oh administrative people weird where will we find those yeah
3: And, and the funny thing is like None of the hows actually matter. Right. Because, okay, yes, we all recognize that there needs to be a transition if we're going to do something else. So, yeah, we'll make sure that everything gets taken care of. But what you're not seeing is that there's this unbelievable uh, just wellspring of wealth that is about to make the, the method of making sure everyone gets what they need completely irrelevant, because we're we're not worried about will you get enough calories today when we're discussing do I get the rye or the sourdough? It's really just that simple. And right now we have we have been so effective at creating that even with the Matthew principle uh, against us, we have basically ended world hunger. Yeah imagine what we can do when we flip it when the majority the 80% goes
1: toward what we actually love yeah instead of what we fear it'd be nice chasing voluntary things yeah for for you know voluntary motivations right instead of like oh my god you know if i don't do this i might y'all you know, be late on my taxes or what the fuck yeah. ever right
3: yeah. and i mean you often ask why you always end up with two options of certain things the duopoly, problem. and I, I think part of the the truth that is reflected in that lie, because those are always the best lies, yeah, is that there is a, a fundamental choice of do you pay attention to the part of you that is afraid, or do you pay attention to the part of you that loves something?
1: Yeah, those are great questions. Uh, we are out of time. Uh, thank you, Peekless. Thank you to our callers and, of course, all of our listeners. Uh, we'll put some links uh, in the description of this on the uh, Beard Talk Live episodes on the Free Talk Live SoundCloud page. You should be able to find it at uh, beardtalklive.com as well, the replay at least. Uh, and I'm going to take out with some music as usual. Uh, this is a little salute to, well, the people who make the wars with. <laughs>